Simpsons Index, an online spreadsheet that is also a podcast. This is the podcast. Coming to you from SideQuest Studios, this is The Simpsons Index, episode 249. Hello out there, I'm your host, Elliot J. O'Neill, and joining me here as always, except when he's not, is B.T. Calloway. Why does my note say sushi fish cannibalism? And joining us, returning champion Ryan Duncan. Hey guys, sushi fish cannibal, that's a great note. <laughs> yeah, I'm, look. I'm going through my brain, uh, like, why would he have that note? But we'll I know out. exactly why, but it was for the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you for joining us for the Simpsons Index. This is one of the last episodes where we're doing the old <laughs> format where we review three episodes at a time, but each one comes from a different decade. And yeah, we've been long delaying this episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I think this was um, the classic episode that we're going to review today. Ryan was like one of your early, you got to save this one for me. Oh, I, I would not be shocked if this was like the first episode I asked you to do. Like, yeah, <laughs> but you know, we got to do it the traditional way. We're going to start more recent. Well, yeah. recent is subjective. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So this little playlist here are all episodes surrounding uh, weight issues of The Simpsons. Of course, yeah, mm-hmm. you'll see by the episode title, King Size Homer will be the classic episode we'll review. But I think, yeah, this will be an interesting way to see how The Simpsons tackle the issue of mm. Homer's and in the next episode, Bart's weight throughout the years and uh yeah how deftly they handle that you're saying little body boy ain't so little no more yeah that's (laughs) it um but we'll get to that but yeah starting out today uh we just watched season 26 episode 13 walking big and tall first released in february of 2015 it was directed by chris clemens written by michael price in this episode Bart and Lisa write a new theme song for Springfield and Mm. at the concert debuting it, Homer gets stuck in the chair and once again realises he might be too fat. Uh, Marge sends him to uh, Overeaters Anonymous meeting, which turns mm-hmm. out to be uh, Big is Beautiful, embracing the fact, and uh, yeah, the episode plays out like that. Anyway, guys, what do we think? I think this is a pretty, like, it has some really funny jokes mm-hmm. and is a great time capsule of when it came out back in, oh boy, 2015. Yeah. Well, it's almost been 10 years, but hey. so it would have been written in 2013, and I definitely remember... This was the start of the any size is beautiful kind of stuff. Like really, truly the beginning of it doesn't matter how big you are. Like mm. it's, it's okay. Mm. And me being in, I, I don't, I don't know if I'm in the minority or if I'm not, but as a large man myself, I, that movement's always bugged me. <laughs> so I'm glad the Simpsons kind of decided to poke fun at it because it, it's deserved. Like, yeah, so I think it's fair to say that none of us on this podcast are skinny men. So yeah. uh, this hits home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Look, I I appreciate what they're going for here. I just no. don't think mm-hmm. The Simpsons in season 26 have a deft enough touch to deal with it properly. I, I agree with that, but it definitely wasn't as egregious as I was expecting. No, <laughs> yeah, no. I was Once I saw the dude in the like scooter that, that was the leader, that was like an mm-hmm. amalgamation of like Martin Luther King Jr. and like the fat movement. And Fat too. Albert and like yeah, a lot of like, stuff all meshed into one. Yeah, they even call him Albert. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is going to be rough. But then, like, you know, I'm glad that they showed the struggle of, like, deciding to, like, because to lose weight, you have to be willing to change your eating habits. Like, Mm -hmm. and it's such a struggle for Homer because it's it's a real struggle. It is not 
there is a reason losing weight is one of the hardest things a person can do because to do it, you have to give up everything you really enjoy because food is mostly the problem. Yeah, you're going to enjoy life less now. Yeah. 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 Like, so this is a little bit of my backstory. Before COVID hit and my gym was that we went to was open, I went to the gym every single day doing my cardio and doing my exercise, trying to lose weight, but I never lost the weight because mm-hmm. I didn't commit the food change. Mm. And it was really hard for me. So I'm happy in this episode, Homer, it's really hard for him to commit to like giving up the food because like good food tastes good. Like there's a reason the food that's bad for you. It it tastes so great. Like, yeah, Yeah, you've been genetically programmed to want this stuff because it will help you through the harsh winter. And sure, there is no harsh winter anymore, but uh, it's still the genetic programming is there to be like this delicious thing. You want more of that. Yeah. Yeah. And with the genetic programming as well, you know, once you are overweight, you know, your cells are programmed to be very receptive to being overweight. Eric Andre Mm. talked about it recently because he put on a bunch of weight just for shits and giggles for one of his seasons so he could look different. Actually, uh, Rob McElhinney from Always Sunny in Philadelphia did a very similar thing. And they said, Mm. yeah, I've never had to work harder at being fit in my life now because i've yeah been to that point so Mm. so yeah it's all these interesting things that they could have tackled that they kind of just skirted and yeah like my other big criticism of this episode is it feels so short like there's a weird thing there's the you know the act one setup that the the act one screw you but then Mm. it is pure a story and it's kind of funny you say that because this one got michael price a nomination from the writers guild of America for outstanding writing and animation. Is that which right? I don't uh, know how like, they pick those nominations, but I don't know. I just I feel like there's got to be something in the you know the the back chat of uh, any kind of award ceremony of oh we have to give this person accolades because that'll help their studio or something. It's a little thi- I don't know. Just the episode is thin to where I'm like yeah. I don't know if this screams award winner. No. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't, you know, I'm overall a little more positive on it than negative, but I wouldn't award this anything. There's no moments where I was like, this was spectacular storytelling. Well done. Well, we've often speculated. Maybe it's just because Simpsons is like a legacy show yeah, at this the, point and they feel like, oh, I don't know, it's, uh, you know, 30 plus years. Let's still give it its flowers. Like, Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to pull up those awards just to see, but I also, what started it was kind of interesting, the whole... I will say that is very like on the nose American. Like every town in America has the same like generic mm. theme song. Has Titan got a town song? I wouldn't be shocked, but like <laughs> like every small town in America has something similar to that to where it's like, okay, that's a good little setup. I get that. Um Yeah. Yeah, I haven't checked if we've got town songs anywhere. Uh, BT, do you I remember mean, a Pennant Hill song growing up? Or uh, Well, I mean, for the school, yeah. But <laughs> mostly, we've got slogans. I know that, like, most of Sydney's slogan is, nice blinker, you fuckwit. <laughs> so, um, back to the awards thing. It was six nominations. Three of them were The Simpsons. Okay. And it okay. was, but they all mm. lost to an episode of Bob's Burgers, which makes me hey, feel better. Good, that's, good. So at it's least... called House Trap because I'm sure that's a better episode. Mm. Oh yeah, it's an episode about Teddy, so I'm gonna just assume that one's gonna be better than what we just watched. But uh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. that would have been an early Bob's as well. Mm. Um, yeah, so it was two Bob. Okay, so two Bob's Burgers, an episode of BoJack, and then three nice. Simpsons for animation writing. And the other two, I'll just, for the listeners, the other two that year from The Simpsons was Halloween of Horror, so... That's a good one. That is a good one. That would have been a better winner. And then Sky Police, one that uh, <laughs> I know is a favorite of the podcast. because <laughs> well, We literally can't remember what happened because we were too distracted by 
Chief Wiggum it's, blending two people with a jetpack. It's one of the most ridiculous... Nope, we're not going to get distracted. <laughs> Guys, go watch Sky Police. You'll, you'll enjoy yeah, yourself. Yeah, a polarizing episode that, yeah, um, <laughs> I, I'm still not sure that we've seen, you know? <laughs> that should tell you how exciting this episode is because we've spent a lot of time talking about other stuff. So. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm just, again, I'm also, like, it's what you said, Elliot, it su- feels surprisingly short. I don't know what the actual runtime was, but it's mostly A story, more hints of a B story, but not really much into it. And I just, yeah, surprised there's not more here. For something that my biggest criticism is they don't really strike a balance between talking about you know, the good aspects of um, accepting yourself versus the health risks of being, you know, where's the line between the two? That's a difficult subject. They don't even get close to broaching it, but... Um, no, no, they don't. And, yeah, I mean, you look no further than uh, Lizzo to get the example of where there's a balance there because, obviously, to do her work and put on the concerts that she does, she has to do a lot of fucking physical work and mm. she's still the size that she is and, you know... That's sort of the simple argument to make for this here. And yeah, like I said, I just don't think Simpsons in season 26 like had the deft enough touch to yeah talk about this. You know, I don't know Michael Price, the writer, very like well. I don't know if he's struggled with weight. Maybe he has. He has. But like, I would feel confident that if you're going to do an episode about weight, like struggling with weight, probably should get somebody who's had some personal experience to maybe help flesh that story out. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, from what I know, he is a bigger guy, and... Um, okay, well, there you go. So, that that would explain probably my favorite joke of the episode towards the end, the yo-yo diet joke, where yeah. you see Homer throughout the years, which, I'm not gonna lie, I felt attacked, because I'm like, that's oh, yeah. probably gonna be my life, where <laughs> I have those ups and downs, where it's like, oh, he's in shape, oh, he's out of shape, oh, he's in shape. It's now like, he has elephant ears, now his head is huge. <laughs> now he has a hump, a little hump. Now it's bed. all in the ass. Moo-moo's back. Man, if I could get that ass surgery, because, yeah, I too am a bigger guy, but I've got a fucking Hank Hill ass ass. That was a sentence. But, yeah, if I could get, like, just to move it, that'd be fucking amazing. Elliot will just write a booty anthem about men with Hank Hill asses. All right, let's hook into this thing. Light my fire like propane, he got that Hank Hill ass. Okay, BT. That was lovely. That was great. <laughs> By the way, King of the Hill, has that returned yet or it's returning soon? It's going to be returning. I am very concerned for what the... Because mm. the unfortunate passing of the voice of Dale Gribble. Yeah. I just... Oh, right, yeah. Depending on how they've written it and how much they've recorded. So this is obviously a worst case scenario. There's a way to write that where it could be a really interesting story. The first of Hank's friends to pass away. Mm. Like Dale's the first one to go because I really hope they don't recast. But I don't know how much they've written, how much they've recorded, like especially with the strike happening. Like, yeah. And it's terrible because he wasn't that old. Like it is now. Mm. Like I don't think I, he wasn't old enough to be like, well, he lived a long life. It's like, no, he was like in his early sixties. So yeah, that's a tragedy. Yeah. We'll see what they're going to do with that. Hopefully they get the time to grieve. Cause I know that's like a family, like mm. that show specifically, all those people were working together for so long. Mm. And then it's like, they come back and then, Oh, we've lost another person. Like yeah. a yeah, lot that's... of talented act voice actors on that show have passed away. And it's like almost like a King of the Hill curse where it's like, Luann, um, Lucky. Oh, true. Brittany Murphy, yeah. Yeah. Um, All right, but back to the Simpsons. Simpsons. And Ryan, we'll start out with you. For better or worse, what's a moment that stands out to you from this one? I always enjoy Bart and Lisa working together. And yes. I, I really did like the song that they came up with. I actually, like, for the first act, I, I think... For the episode, I enjoyed the first act. I love making fun of Mole Man. Like, back, mm-hmm. like I love 
that there's this aspect of Mole Man where he wasn't destroyed by the ravages of alcoholism. <laughs> that, that's what my headcanon is, where yeah. Mole Man, before touching yeah. alcohol, was the mayor and this great guy, and then now is a schmuck. Well, we know Mole Man's only 34 years old, so <laughs> in this 30-year-ago flashback, he's only four. <laughs> yep, he's the greatest four-year-old ever, guys. Um, also, I think we saw Kearney and his son in the wide shot when they were singing, yeah. which I always love that joke, because mm-hmm. who knows how old Kearney is? Go check out the real gyms to see yeah he just released a video just last night about i, I think that. and he was like surprised by how many people were really interested in it because it, it's got a lot of views but no i just i love that stuff in the first act i love bart and lisa working together heck even them willing to make a joke about hey well bart did write your birthday song lisa <laughs> <laughs> the forbidden episode yeah and then bart making the almost to camera go yeah it's kind of weird that our parents let a crazy man spend all night in my bedroom and then homer walks by and goes simpler times <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so all that's pretty funny. I think, obviously, the lag is in the middle of the episode where... Yeah, it's not really clear what we're doing with all this. They have something to say, but they don't know what they want to say. But yeah, just on the Bart and Lisa stuff, I do like that, yeah, Lisa's got the musicianship, but the idea that Bart's good at coming up with rhymes is actually really clever. Just plays on his, yeah. like, I don't know, just the way he tease people. From all the years of, like, yeah, from taunting people, and yeah. naturally you just come up with rhymes for stuff. So yeah, that was a good way to bring him into it. And I also like the detail that they um they keep Bart a uh, lefty flip when he's playing guitar. Ah, true. It's kind of like just part of the Simpsons history at this point where they all are musically or artistically gifted now. Like, hmm. Homer's got his music skills, Marge has the arts. Like, it mm-hmm. just runs in the family. Lisa, you know, heck, Maggie's going to become the voice of a generation if they ever learn each other. <laughs> That's you know? true that's true uh yeah look I, I agree this was the part that i was on board with the episode and the whole premise of the song is the song that mole man has and it turns out some traveling salesman gave it to a bunch of towns is yeah how yeah. great's our town but yeah lisa and bart's spin on it is yeah we've got the old all of our problems with our town but you know what it's ours mm-hmm. yeah it's quite springfield nice. why not yeah why springfield why not all right, BT, what do you reckon? Hmm. What's a moment from this episode that stands out to you, for better or worse? Uh, pretty much everything to do with the horse. Yeah. So <laughs> once they find out that Hans Molman, just when he was mayor, just paid someone for this song and it wasn't actually theirs and everyone has it and they've lost a degree of their town pride because of it, just put him blindfold backwards on a horse and smack the horse and it runs away. Uh, we also put Pharrell Williams on a horse. Playing himself in this episode. <laughs> Guest star Pharrell yeah, I Williams. Think- I, I like a celebrity cameo that's so quick that it's inconsequential. It's yeah, because I was very worried when the, the thumbnail had him on it. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> Which, um, speaking of thumbnails and descriptions, they really people at Disney Plus, hire me and Elliot to redo yeah. <laughs> your thumbnails and your descriptions, please. Because oh, yeah. oh, it's so bad. It would, what? It would take, like, what, a month of work? They could pay us, and we could <laughs> definitely do it better than they've done it. Like, They're just so sometimes hilariously inaccurate or just like too vague like sometimes it's like lisa has a birthday and it's like what that's it (laughs) (laughs) although not that episode because they took that one off but anyway yes anyway yeah even homer's line of "Ah, it's nice not to be the one on the horse for a change yeah that that was a good line i like that yeah just the idea i guess it's the idea that this has always been their partnership for things and everyone knows what it is and even when bart and lisa start up their song and they're like oh springfield it kind of sucks there's not too much to recommend and then quimby's just like warm up the horse yeah (laughs) (laughs) i don't know that i needed the pre-credits button with molman on the horse going whoa oh why didn't i say that earlier 
Yeah, yeah. it was short at least. Like, it was. It wasn't like yeah, a whole credits it, it, fucking. Yeah, it's not a full fourth act credit scene. You know, but... it's not that they cut to somewhere in Arizona where Mole Man's now set up a life with a horse and his four mutant horse children. Is when that's how I met your mother. Mm-hmm. That would have been awful. Uh, don't pay me for that. That would have been prime for like that time. I think How I Met Your Mother was yeah. still airing, so they could have made that horrible joke. <laughs> and given that this was the era where they would pull just kind of wacky ass bullshit like that, eh, it's it's an example of what I'm glad they didn't do. Hmm. And what stands out to me, for better or worse, um, yeah, look, just a uh, probably uh, Kevin Michael Richardson playing Albert here. Um, it's mm-hmm. interesting that they didn't get like a. Like, I mean, Kevin Michael Richardson is a special guest star, but, like, he's pretty much a Simpsons regular even at this point in the run. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, his character of Albert, which is, I think, what's letting the story down because he is such a clear caricature of what Mm. they're going for. It just He's not a great... Like, I will say, I am not a part of the body positivity, like, any... I'm not a part of that, but I think there's a better way to represent that group of people. Yeah, And I don't think he is a good representation of that, so that's what drags this down to where there's not really a compelling argument for the other side. Yeah, that's it. Like, And that's what the episode needs. It needs a better compelling argument to like really like make this a tougher decision other than, well, food is good. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, that's the argument that like, well, this food is delicious. Why would I give it up? And it's like, well, I think the guy was 23 and he had a heart attack so that's why (laughs) that's kind of the parody elements that i'm talking about yeah he's always getting around on a rascal scooter even though he technically doesn't need it and then Mm -hmm. yeah the first time he stands he immediately has a heart attack and then at the funeral they're bringing in fucking urn after urn and then overflow (sighs) did you guys like that joke because i wanted to laugh but then once the big bag came out Mm. i was like oh that's not it was too much I just kind of yeah. saw it coming from a mile away. Like, yeah. yeah, I think it would have been enough to like bring out the one urn and then have someone leave and then bring back two more. And that's I th- yeah. I think like, if you stop at three urns, I think that's enough to where like, oh, ha ha ha. Or even you know one urn and then like a bag that's excess ashes. You know? Yeah, not like I think I paused it. I think there was ten urns and then the big baggie of ash. Like mm-hmm. that's. It's excessive. It's not... It's a lot of... Yeah, it's this sort of stuff that, yeah, it really rubs me the wrong way with this episode. And it like it, they, they just would have been simpler changes to mm-hmm. sort of make this a bit more nuanced and everything. And I guess that's sort of what really bugs me about this one. But yeah, how about the wackiness of this episode? You know, we like to talk about the cartoony moments, animation, and general wackiness. How was the wacky in this app? Area 51 has the same song as Springfield. I didn't mind that. Like, they're going through the compilation of all the towns that have it. I listened to a Mongolian metal band, so that was a fun little, like, hey, I've heard that before. Like, (laughs) Was that The Who? I'm trying to, I am bad with, I just, I, it was on my TikTok feed last year and it was Mongol, so metal music, but with Mongolian language Mm -hmm. lyrics, I'm like, I'm going to follow you. And I listened to it, but I've never like remembered their name to save my life. Yeah, uh, what I just said might be confusing. Uh, not to be confused with the band The Who, who did appear in an episode of The Simpsons. Uh, no, there's a band called The H.U., The Who. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, they're like tooth and throat singing sort of metal band. They're really good. Oh, Sorry, Who? No, you're right. That is the band. That is yeah. the band. Oh, no. That's awesome. Yeah. No, so like there's little bits of wacky that work for me. Obviously, I think the wackiest part is the idea of a 23-year-old having a heart attack and, you know, killing mm-hmm. him. Yeah, it's interesting that is in the same episode that they're um yeah, messing with the Hans Molman chronology as well and like saying yeah. Oh no no no, he is mm-hmm. an old dude, like and used to be the mayor and used to like front flip into Oh, it. a bit of animation like nitpicky wacky that like 
I hate to do this, but Jordan's anal corner. Jordan's anal corner. <laughs> that was um, Apu's wife 30 years ago, and she should not have been. She was not in Springfield yet, yeah. Yeah, she was sitting next to comic book guy, and I was like, that's not right. That she should mm-hmm. be in India. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. come on. Like, I don't know. That one, like I said, that's an anal corner for sure, but like. Yeah, yeah on, hey, it's a fair one. You got plenty of other citizens to flesh out a crowd scene with if you need. Well, I was going to say, I thought the crowd scene was really nice way to show the transition and like, mm. yeah, everyone growing up uh, through Springfield. I thought that was elegant. Yeah, and also just their connection to the song it kind of yeah. helped sell that plot point because oh, yeah. even, you know, Bart goes from being a baby to being a toddler who's kind of half singing to actually singing when he's yeah. a bit younger. Mm. So the idea that it's just kind of showing that the town does connect with this song and that yeah. actually gives it, you know, some weight. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I liked that. I think we got to see Krusty's mother that we've never really seen much before in the shot, Ooh. too, sitting next to Herschel Krasovsky. I was like, oh, neat. Never seen her before, but there might be a story there someday, you know. Yeah. Mm. And yeah, so wacky moments as well, of course. Uh, Homer destroying the theater with his uh, huge derriere. Yeah, I wrote down everything with the chair. Yeah. As a big man, that's like a fear of mine. I will say, like, so, like if, if a chair looks a little narrow, I'm like, man... I don't want to break this chair. It's never happened, but it's the fear is there. Mm. Like I do relate in this the theater thing because despite my small ass, I've got yeah a bit of a tubby, and like especially Sydney uh, has some really old you know heritage listed theaters that have you know mm. original fucking furnishings and whatever, and it's like oh they were a bit thinner a hundred years ago, and uh, yep. but fortunately at least the Enmore Theater and State have since uh, upgraded, but yeah that is uh, a little relatable when you're going in through the armrests that feel like they're fucking pincering you. Yeah, and they're rigid and they don't hold up or anything handy like that. No. Yeah. Like, you ever go to a restaurant and they're like, like a chair or booth, it's like, chair, please, don't put me in a booth. Don't, don't put me in a booth. <laughs> yeah, need the old uh, fork in the booth <laughs> to get out. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I, I want to say a bit of positive. I like that Clancy was like, oh yeah, I'm going to join, like, Clancy joining in and then Lou having fun with putting him in the car. Like, Lou was letting out some anger on the chief for sure. Yeah, a little bit of... uh a cab joke there where they, uh, <laughs> he's doing a bit of police brutality and Wiggum's like, hey, you're enjoying this a bit too much. He's just doing my job, chief. Yeah, and the it's fact like, that he's very straight-faced when he says that, it's not like a, <laughs> just doing my job. It's like, just doing my job, chief. It is after Chief Wiggum passes yeah. out, but still. Um, other bits of wackiness, I do like the, um, they do the classic newspaper spin, but we go move out and it's just Marge spinning it for home. Yeah, like, I like that a lot. It is that hard to find a good new newspaper spin joke but they managed to do it i was impressed yeah uh, wacky another bit of wacky was the all the fat people in the jail cell like homer which damn it i've had this moment happen where it's like i'm trying to get through a crowd and it's like excuse me excuse me because it's yeah. like come on big man walk in let me please let me through <laughs> just oh, the fact that homer had to go back and then mm-hmm. to the side to like he, make it that was tetris himself through yeah yeah. A little bit of Tetris. Yeah, I thought it was like a little obvious when Marge is like, yeah, make the decision. And he looks at the fat people, they all turn into fat food and she turns into celery sticks. Yeah. yeah. Having said that, I do like that when he decides to stay with the fat people that he goes, everybody breathe in. And then he just gets sucked in by their air. I thought that was just a light, little bit. <laughs> that was definitely unexpected. Yeah, exactly. And like, it got me from that angle. Yeah. 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 Um, I will say that that was on kind of storytelling perspective. That was maybe the weakest point because again, we don't have a for and against argument at this point. Yeah, exactly. It just seems like Marge is being a, ni- bi- a bit naggy, but it doesn't portray her as being naggy, but that's maybe the best interpretation of it. And then everyone else is just kind of representing delicious snacks. And it's like, mm. 
this doesn't feel like a big conflict. Like, I feel like Hope, at that point, Hope would be more confused about why he has to choose rather than motivated. Yeah, I think the story does a, gr- a good enough job. Like, if that was my wife and that had happened to mm. me, she would 100% be Marge. And that's a very valid, like, the Marge side of the argument, they did a really great job of, like, filling in as to why she would do that. Like, that is a moment in time where mm. your husband can't stand up because he's stuck and he takes the row with him. Yeah, that's a moment where you tell him, like, hey, I love you, but you got to lose some weight. Yeah. Because like, I think a lot of, like, because, you know, I've had this conversation. My wife loves me. She likes the big man, but she knows I need to lose weight. So it's like that tough angle of, like, encouragement without being a bitch. Like, that is the thing. She yeah. she doesn't, she, her exact words, I don't want to be a bitch to you. And I'm like, I totally, like, sometimes you need to be. Like, <laughs> I need that, like, negativity to be like, oh, yeah, I need to eat better. Like, obviously, hmm. I'm dealing with the kidney stones. That is a direct result of my poor diet for the last couple weeks. Like, yeah. Yeah. I ate a ton, like, I was working on a set. And I was eating a ton of processed food, and then now a week later, I'm suffering because of it. So I need Marge has to walk that line of like I have to encourage him because it's Mm. going to kill him if I don't. Like that's something in the pretty wife, chubby husband debate. That is like probably the greatest demon that they have to struggle with. Like, yeah, I thought that some the episode could have hit on as well is that yeah, for larger people, like the world is constantly against you. There is just so much good food out there constantly, and yeah, you're talking about film sets, man. So mm. many of the film sets that I've worked worked on just have really unhealthy catering, and it's. I even remember this one time I was working on a commercial, and one of the guys there just on the second day was like bringing his own coleslaw. Is just like I felt so bad after yesterday. You know, it's mm. just yeah, and all these things working against you. But like it always presented it as yeah, more of a choice. Which yeah, I wasn't yeah again part of the nuance that was lacking in this. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of subtextually there, but not enough. Yeah. No. But how about the heart of this episode? I feel like we're sort of transitioning towards that. You know, Marge having to bring down the, the, the tough love on Homer. What do we think about the heart in this episode? Yep. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's, it, all the heart is kind of inferred from us. Like, yeah, yeah, we exactly. can get the heart, but it's not presented within the script. I think this is probably a great case for like, it probably needs a, a second go around. I'm mm. going to take a bet and say this is the first draft. Could be wrong, but I've watched enough Simpsons in my life to know which episodes are first drafts and which episodes aren't first drafts. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think the closest we maybe get is when they're all in the bar and Homer's talking about, hey, you can no longer t- call me this incredibly long list of fat oh, jokes. Jesus. It was like that went on. I think if he was reading them faster, it would have been funnier, but it just it really did go on. Uh, and then Mo has a bit of like, oh, you know, while we're on this subject, I kind of feel bad when you guys call me a gargoyle or a goblin or a troll or whatever. So that's the closest you get to saying that, yeah, everyone's probably got something they don't like about themselves and picking on that is kind of a dick move. But that's really the closest we get to that being a thing. And it does close with a line of, ah, I didn't know goblins had feelings, which, you know, <laughs> for I a joke is it. fine. Yeah. Um, but that's the closest we get to any like theme on that or any real idea on that, which is a yeah. bit of a shame. Yeah, because even the Homer's realization at the end just feels so, I don't know, boilerplate of like, oh, he was 23. Oh, my God. Go to a gym, people. Mm. But having said that, I do like the whole acceptance of the, yeah, I'm going to yo-yo diet until I get this right, because that feels at least more realistic. But yeah, the actual revelation itself to me was a little corny it's kind of like they knew homer this is th- it was predestined homer's going to get to this point and they didn't put in mm-hmm. the legwork to justify that point it was yeah homer's going to accept what marge was coming from like mm, no matter much. what 
And there was a kind of a good moment of anti-heart where he goes, uh, what was it? I'm sorry, I was proud of myself. And she just has a moment of like, uh, that's not what I meant to yeah. say, but he's already <laughs> moved on. Like, that's very Simpsons-y. And I thought, yeah, even with the difficulties of the rest of the episode, that got a laugh out of me. But ultimately, did it feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Are these the characters we know and love? Is this the show we know and love? Yeah, for the most part, it just kind of lacks that deft touch. Yeah. You know, I but, uh, think it definitely reminds me of like, season you know the teens for sure mm. but especially the first act screw you in a way although i i give this episode credit i think the transition from the first act to the rest of the mm. story is done better than most oh, yeah. teen era episodes like i got so i will give this writing credit where the mm. first act is totally unrelated but it still works with the rest of the story quite yeah, well and the fact they brought bart and lisa songwriting back again yeah it wasn't for like there was no real payoff to that but that was the point they're like oh well, look we tried to write you a song to motivate you but we we couldn't sorry <laughs> take it bart you take it, you take it. I, don't want it. <laughs> I liked that yeah yeah in terms of the show feeling like itself yeah i agree it just doesn't have that like interesting take it just it feels very mm. surface like not even surface level doesn't even feel like it's rising to anything it's like a dull pointer like you're, you're yeah. poking and <laughs> it you still know points, you feel doesn't it, it? <laughs> yeah but it doesn't yeah it just yeah. doesn't have that oomph that we expect from like when we talk about king size homer later yeah that there's oomph that is missing from this episode for sure but yes or no would you watch this one again yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's part of like a compilation of Homer over the years. Be all right. And, yeah, uh, I, th- I I would watch this one again. I think just to see like what I missed for like little jokes, like the wide shot to see like who else did I miss from the crowd? Or because I when I saw the group of fat people, I think it was I noticed comic book guy and Judge Snyder and yeah. Then mm-hmm. they there was some out. like random like I wonder if The Simpsons doesn't have enough fat people characters because. They had to add some extra people that I've never seen before for yeah. the big group. And I was like, oh, uh, is Homer and Wiggum and comic book guy pretty much it? Like, Yeah, yeah. yeah they've, they've included uh, Sarah Wiggum every now and then. But if she was in the group, I guess they couldn't have that joke with Police Chief Wiggum. Arguably Hibbert. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's hook into it. What would you change? BT, we'll start with you. I think we've covered it, quite frankly. Um, just go over it again and try and find, uh, you know, a balance and a bit of a... What's so appealing about this group other than, even if it was, hey, here's the lazy option, that would paint the movement as being much more negative, but at least it's a take on it. You know, saying, oh, these people aren't accepting you, they just couldn't be bothered. You know, there'd be something there, but it's there's not really a, you know, life is short, food is good, we should enjoy ourselves, which is, again, maybe a bit hedonistic, but it's an angle, mm. uh, which is, we, we kind of get, but not too much. And then the counterbalance to all that being, you know, health, longevity, being able to run around with your kids, yada, yada, yada. So, no, no, it just needed a bit more of that balance and that discourse or, yeah. How about you, Ryan? Uh, so I would add, like, the ne- some of the negativity of trying to stay in shape. I would highlight, like, the awful foods... Hmm. that people have to eat to try like maintain these perfect bodies is like a counterbalance i would give albert like a family and like i would give it to really give his argument some weight yeah i would give him a family i'd give him a girlfriend i would really like make his life look better than just like all he's doing is fighting for fat people and like the greatness of food like i would show like there's a positive like because there's a joy in being you know like it doesn't always suck to be overweight like Hmm. For your health, it's not great, but, like, there is genuine benefits to it that, like, the hedonistic side of it where, like, you get to enjoy a bit of life more. So I would Hmm. make the health – I would highlight 
the really negative sides. Like I would see Homer, I would have Homer like eating some like bare bones chicken and like broccoli, like some really health food stuff that is boring. Mm -hmm. Like that is just like, this is how Chris Hemsworth has that six pack. It's like, ugh. and then I would give Albert a family and a girlfriend that like makes him his life seem better. And his girlfriend could be big. His girlfriend could be in shape. It doesn't matter. It adds to the tragedy of his character's death. Like I think, to get to that heart angle, we need to feel bad for Albert when he dies. When he dies, mm. it's a punchline. It's a, like, because yeah, yeah, Dr. Yeah, Hibbert yeah. says, put the forklift in him. Like, it's very cruel. Mm. And, mm. like, I think on Family Guy, this would work. But on The Simpsons, you need that tragedy to this to, like, really sell to Homer why this is a negative. Like, at that funeral, we could have had his family there. Like, oh, we're never going to see Albert again. Like, I would say this episode has plenty of jokes to where an injection of heart could really help this story balance out. 100%. And yeah, to take it from the other angle is that, yeah, I just kind of wish that this isn't where the beginning went. Like, I really do like Bart and Lisa working together on this song together. And I think it's a shame that it wasn't the springboard for an episode about that. That, yeah, first idea off the top of my head that local businesses after the success of their song are like, oh, can you write a song for us? And then they sort of start doing it. But the more they do it, then they accidentally start repeating themselves and they can sort of see how uh, it's easy to be, uh, yeah, kind of one note as songwriters. it'd be kind of a fun one-hit wonder regurgitation thing going. I did think it was kind of funny and probably very unintentional that they, um, in an episode about plagiarism, well, that starts about plagiarism, they have Pharrell Williams, who was a part of the whole, um, what was it, writing for Blurred Lines, which was a big landmark court case about plagiarism. Oh, true. I think this must have happened after that, but uh, a lot of people have forgotten he was involved in that, and... uh, Yes. Yeah, it seems like such a lifetime ago, fucking Alan Thicke's kid was a pop star for a brief time. (laughs) Yeah, that's a whole interesting little uh, little, little moment in music history. Yeah. Uh, It was released in 2013, so yeah, it was before this episode. All right. There we go. But I mean, had the whole controversy kicked in is really the question. Probably uh, not. Probably not, yeah. I feel like that would be maybe a sensitive uh, touch for Pharrell there. All right, uh, let's do our final notes. Now it's time. I should have written an original song. Shit, this is plagiarized. Uh, Everyone's final. (laughs) And everybody will know that Danny Rosewell ripped off the ABC News theme. (laughs) I'm Danny Rosewell. (laughs) All right. Going to write a new hit song. Uh, Final notes. So it's final notes. Hell, God, it sucks. (laughs) We'll keep workshopping it. Uh, Ryan, do you have any final notes from this episode? Parts you want to mention before we move on to the rankings? I think there are enough jokes here to where there is definitely... This is not a total teardown. This is not like going to the bare bone foundation. I think, Elliot, you might be right, even though I think the first act is a good start and funny. I think that belongs in its own episode. And maybe mm. the first act should just be something about Homer's weird eating habit. Like, he, you could have it where Homer, you could start the episode where Homer's like watching like food, like people binge eating a ton of food. Like, especially when this episode came out, this is when Furious Pete. And other YouTubers were big in the space who were eating a ton Mm -hmm. of food. And that's what could probably springboard it versus a totally unrelated first act. Mm. I just, yeah, I would give it another go around for sure. I think there's something good here. It's probably one of the better episodes from the season. I... Or maybe season hmm. 26 is a hidden gem, but not really. I think this might be one of the better <laughs> ones. Yeah. Not, not from my memory. <laughs> uh, BT, do you have any other things? 
It's the final note time. Okay, <laughs> just going to continue plagiarizing uh, until it like comes out the other end. Two negatives make a positive. Sure. Um, I like Hans Molman's former mayor sash. Mm-hmm. I balanced the budget eight times. <laughs> yeah, uh, that wasn't a bad like. I'm getting thrown out here. Line like. Yeah. Yeah, Bart's like, what do I get for helping you write this song? And Lisa's like, ah, I'll make brownies. Like, wow, that's the best deal a songwriter ever got. (laughs) Oh, yeah, there's a bit where he goes past Alcoholics Anonymous and they're all smoking. And then it goes to like Cigarettes Anonymous and they're all hooked on coffee. And then it's like Coffee Anonymous and they're all making out and smoking and drinking. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of like that escalation. Yeah, so. Uh, yeah, just the idea that yeah, no matter what, you've always got to have a vice. You just got to find a healthy one that it, works it, for you. That was a, that's a great quick joke because it's like you're right. It's you always you trade one vice for a different vice. Like, yeah, exactly. It's like my brother as well, who was like never like fully fat, but like in recent years has just become obsessed with fitness and doing marathons and stuff like that to the point where yeah. like yeah, sometimes if wife will be like, oh, you don't actually have to go to the gym for four hours this morning, you know. You yep, can- got another addiction. It's just running for some reason exactly like look better for you but still <laughs> still yeah uh albert does give like a little speech and he's like asking homer to repeat you know things like this is me and this is who i am and you need to accept that and homer just goes ditto like, okay instead of repeating it like first of all it was a good way to save time on the episode and also it was just funnier grandpa's giving a piggyback to no one i had mixed feelings about i was like i'm confused but it's also it was well drawn yeah i don't know it was more sad to, and like yeah. to me like i really liked that joke at the start of the episode where lisa goes to bart yeah me and you will be a better team than maggie and grandpa and how they're mm. feeding each other and grandpa's feeding maggie's baby's first peaches and <laughs> and maggie's feeding grandpa's senior's last peaches mm-hmm. i liked that yeah uh, and then my last one is going to be um, they've gone to write the song for Homer they're just standing in a bunch of crumpled up paper and it's like ah oh, we got nothing it's like well you shouldn't have crumpled all the paper before we started it's like okay that was pretty good I like that yeah um, and yeah my final notes um, a joke that is now very dated is that I think it's again Lisa says yeah we're a better brother sister team than Andy and Lana Wachowski you know yeah. what's interesting about that that episode that was a like at the time that was a respectful mm. way to treat it Absolutely. and now it's not like it's not their fault that <laughs> yeah that no one knew that i don't know which one transitioned first but then the other one did as well and it was just like there was so there was like a very brief period where this was the correct way to say things so it's a weird time capsule that way yeah and yeah my final note is yeah in the future uh, i just really hate that this was the button on the thing that it just turned into a Robo Bart has a Millhouse in his abs. Yeah, that joke. was weird. It's just I'll take Millhouse in his abs over subjecting Lisa to Millhouse at least. Like that. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have gotten into that. I that is the yeah. thing I hate the most out of the future timeline is putting Lisa with Millhouse. That's just mean. Yeah, yeah. That's not fair to her character. The other weird thing is like the one where they flash forward to the wedding with Hugh. They imply that Lisa and Millhouse did date, but that it didn't work out, and that was like enough. But there are other future flash forwards now where they even get married and have a kid together. And it's like, yeah, no. like for the ones where they've established future canon, yeah, Millhouse is her husband and she has kids with him. It's, it's yeah, sad. It sucks. Mm. All right, it's time to rank this thing. On the Simpsons Index, we rank using a six point scale, which starts down the bottom at failure. Maybe if the episode was just meh, you give it a participant. But for the positive rankings, you got OK Bronze, Good Silver, Excellent Gold. But for the best, of the very best, the episodes which The Simpsons could not exist without, you give Cupix Zirconia. I'm going to go first, let me show you how it's done. Uh, man, I'm right on that Partisa Bronze borderline, but I think I got to fall into the participant category. 
category in that I think that I started off liking this episode enough, Mm -hmm. but it just just kept slipping for me. And it just, this is really a participant of like, you didn't live up to your potential, even though I had a mostly okay time with it. I feel like Acts 2 and 3 really brought this one down for me. Not a failure, um, but high participant, but still participant. Mm -hmm. BT, what do you reckon? Um, look, I was sitting mostly on a bronze, and I think I'm coming at it from a different approach, and not in the sense that I disagree with anything you just said, more that I was expecting more of a train wreck. Sure. Like, any times the Simpsons take on any kind of social anything, it, in the recent eras, it tends to be an absolute train wreck. So the fact that, yeah, this maybe doesn't have a deft touch to it, but what it does have is okay. Yeah, and I got some chuckles out of it. So the only kind of... I say I would watch it again, but that would be more of a laundry playlist. Like, I'm not going to seek it out or anything. But then technically I would not turn it off or walk away if it was on. So I'm going to stick with a bronze Uh, just to be on the other side of that uh, Patissa bronze border. All right, Ryan, finish it off. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to stick with the bronze range purely because... When I look at this script, I don't think to myself, okay, we just need to tear it down entirely. Like, mm-hmm. this is good enough to where I would take the draft and I would see how I could fix it, whereas, like, I wouldn't just scrap the idea. And there no. was enough little laughs for me, especially in that first act. That first act is full of jokes to where I don't hate it, and I'm enjoying myself from having a good time, and I think overall it's good enough to earn that bronze. It's not participant, because I'm not going to forget about it. Because at the end, like I will, I'll probably be thinking about this episode for a bit because it does tackle a lot of things that we struggle with when it comes to trying to lose weight, mm. the foods that we like, the yo-yo diet. So it's gonna stay with me. So it's bronze. If I yeah. would have been laughing more, if I would have had the heart, then I could have bumped it up to a silver. Yeah. But it's those things that it's missing keep it from like a really mm. great rating, like a silver or a gold. So yeah, no, it's like. Because, yeah, Simpsons have definitely done a lot worse fat jokes over the years just in isolation. But for an episode that revolves around it, yeah, nothing too horrible. But, yeah, anyway, overall, this will equal a dull bronze. And it'll be the second episode from season 26 to get that ranking. It'll be joining Sky Police. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So the episode itself, probably not terrible. But uh, just that, the the whole Wiggum jetpack thing that's named after the episode. Yeah. That sticks in the brain. And so it'll be, yeah, equal second place for best episodes of the season as well. Uh, Taking up first place is the unanimous bronzes of Covercraft, where Homer's a bass player, and opposites are Frack, where Simpsons do fracking or whatever. Ah, yeah, the water is on fire. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so season 26, not a good one. A dull participant Mm. ranking overall. Wonderbar. <laughs> All right. Actually, let me just quickly check the best to worst on that. Let's just, uh, just while I'm into the stats mode, let's see where it's season 26 is ranking on the overalls. It is currently ranked as our 29th best season. <laughs> All right. Out of yeah. a possible 34. Anyway. <laughs> All right. So we're going to continue this trend and go to season 16's The Heartbroke Kid. We will be back. And we are back and we just watched a Teens Era episode. This was Season 16, Episode 17, The Heartbroke Kid. First released in May of 2005, it was directed by Stephen Dean Moore, written by Ian Maxtone Graham. In this episode, Springfield Elementary install 
uh, vending machines which are pumping out very fattening and bad for you uh, snacks and sodas and stuff and Bart overdoes it, gains a bunch of weight and the Simpsons and friends have an intervention and send him off to a maximum security fat camp as they call it. Yeah. Uh, hey y'all, what do we think? I think this is a massive, like massively better like compared to the episode we just did like i think this is like much more poignant much more funny and like just overall like a massive improvement like i'm shocked because i liked the last episode but this one i think is legitimately funny and legitimately well made i'm i'm hungry now (laughs) (laughs) i'm pretty even keeled (laughs) i feel like the more or less the same on this one as i did slightly better than the last one but that's my mood at this point (laughs) really because we'll see how discussion goes yeah i feel like this one did a bunch of the stuff worse and i feel like it squandered its potential points Mm. like i feel like it fumbled the ball way worse uh there's a lot of half comment there that's going to be interesting uh, yeah, I I think they had a clear like negative viewpoint of this, mm. and they did not muddle it at all. Whereas like the last episode was like trying to show the positive side of it, but didn't do a good job. Where this episode clearly the intention was, we're going to show you how bad this is, and we're not yeah, going think, to sugarcoat it. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think a good comparison between the two maybe is instead of being you know. Homer has a love for food. That's even a point we didn't cover in the last one where they said, where Marge says, what I love about you is everything you love, you love completely and so passionately. But this has got the angle of, you know, Bart doesn't necessarily even like these snacks. He's just kind of hooked on them because they're such just empty crap. So there's, you know, a difference in that angle as we uh, progress forward with the discussion. Yeah, but I just, for the negatives for me, and I'm going to say, yeah, Mm. what stood out to me for better or worse was I feel like the fat jokes were just, especially with Bart, just a lot more mean-spirited, like, especially the doing the parody of the Simpsons intro where it's just Bart, but fat now, he's not at the chalkboard, he's at the vending machine and he takes ages to get to where he's going. And when he does and he's skateboarding around town, he's breaking everything, like literally the sidewalk. Mm. I don't know. To me, that was all... I, very cheap fat jokes. I, I would like to provide a like positive counter to that. Yeah, I really yeah. think that was Bart's perspective of the weight gain, where when you go from being healthy to like overweight, you feel like you're slowing everything down. You feel like you're this lubbering thing. Like, yes, Bart doesn't realize he has a problem, but I think it's him starting to like realize there's something wrong. Like, I, I don't know. I just I do love the bit where he's on the skateboard and he knocks the car. Like, he knocks Marge and Maggie's car. That's how big he's gotten. Like, that's, like, something that, coming from a big man's perspective, I've felt that pain before of, like, am I this big? Like, am I breaking stuff? Like, I forgot to even mention it. When Homer got to the Fat Anonymous group and he asked if the floor was reinforced. Mm. Like, that is something, whenever I get in an elevator and I see a couple other big people, I know we're good, but it's in my head. Like, am I going to break this thing? So... I think it is mean-spirited, but it is mean-spirited in the sense of how big people feel. Like, I'm just, I'm wrecking everything. Um, And I'm joyously in the middle here, because I really liked (laughs) uh, the joke of it just taking a really long time for him to get from the vending machine to the front door. But then him cracking the sidewalk as he's skateboarding, like, "Eh, blah. But uh, just the simple idea that, yeah, it takes him longer now, because of course it does. Yeah, but I don't know, a bit too extreme at times, like him just absolutely burying the car. It's like, there is mm. no way this kid is fatter than Homer, like more heavier than Homer. Yeah, like, yeah it could have been a simple fair. thing of instead of skateboarding off, landing on the car and landing again, he has to like stop, 
get down off the wall. Yeah. Um, like, I know you, you exaggerate know. these things because it's a cartoon mm. comedy yeah. show, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I, it, I, it I, I chuckle when Homer's like, no, you're okay. Do the Bartman. And it's that like on the floor. That, that did get me. That did get me. <laughs> that was like a little bit of like, Mojo, do your happy dance, you know? Yeah. There's something funny about, you know, asking someone to dance in a moment of desperation. It's like, no, do the dance. And especially, yeah, some 14 years after, you know, Bart first did the Bartman and... And I like the little jokes that Simpsons would have later mm. on, just laughing at how ridiculous and silly the doing the Bartman was at one point. In fact, again, we don't even know how to do the Bartman. The song does not inform you. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it's like the um, Monster Mash. It I would like to ask you guys how relevant this episode is. Because for me, when I was a kid, the vending machine thing was a massive problem. Like, it was designed to hook you in and to make mm. you spend your money. Now, that's something I don't know if that's an exclusive American problem or if that's something you guys had to deal with, too. But for me, that was very relevant to my time in school. Like, especially yeah. when this episode was written, mm. my school had a flipping vending machine in middle school for Mountain Dew. Like, and I don't think anybody under the age of... 16 should be drinking Mountain Dew. It's terrible for you. Like <laughs> No one under the age of anything should. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, that's, you know, Mountain Dew's an easy fucking target. I actually like the shit. <laughs> oh, I do too, but it's yeah. it's terrible for me. Yeah. yeah so I was going to say, this is going to be one of the things that stood out to me, for better or worse. It was one of those oh. kind of half comments because the episode starts off with Skinner and Chalmers discussing what's going to be the new vending machine. But there's something to be said there about they need something that is going to hook kids because they need that revenue because they're so underfunded. And similarly, you know, there's been a lot of talk about should we put on like sugar tax on unhealthy foods, try and get people to quit. But the difference there being is you're mostly disadvantaging poor people because the healthy stuff is already more expensive and the cheap junk food is cheap and easy and it's right there. So there's a lot to unpack on that. That they, yeah, they don't dwell on much here, but the idea they get sucked in by a corporation who clearly know their product is bad, but don't care. And it's all about that dollar, baby. So that was something that stuck out to me a little bit. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, we certainly did have vending machines in high schools. And I don't know if, about you, Beach, but they were in there for the entire time that I was in. And it wasn't until maybe two years after I left high school that I'd heard that they'd since removed vending machines from all high schools in New South Wales, at least. Uh, yeah, we had a Coke machine, but that was about it. So. Yeah, we had a couple of Coke machines, a chocolate machine as well that was like Mars, Snickers, sort of yeah. M&Ms and that. For mm -hmm. us, we had four machines. We had a Coke, we had a Pepsi pro so Coke products, Pepsi products, and then like snacks and then like candies and then like a desserty one. So like hostess stuff. Like so there's okay, four so different like options. And, and they oh, wow. they were designed to like make the kids mm. want to do it. So like the episode nailed that feeling yeah. of like they put students into the cola wars for you guys. That sucks. <laughs> yeah, they... yeah, I was thinking competing Pepsi and Coke machines. Well, <laughs> drawing lines, red versus blue. <laughs> yeah, so I I wish they did dig into that point a lot more because yeah, I think vending machines at schools is a problem, and I do remember actually. Uh, yeah, back at my high school, uh, there was yeah a vending machine right next to the like canteen where they'd like serve hot lunches and actually have people working and operating the thing. And uh, one time the Coke machine stole my two bucks and I went to them, the machine stole my money. Can I get a refund or something? And they, they were like, oh, no, no, we don't operate those. That's like independent mm. from the canteen. Someone else manages that. We can't do anything about it. And I'm like, yeah, well, I don't have two bucks or a soda. And they're like, tough shit. And I'm like, ah. so, you know, typical fucking 14 year old Elliot <laughs> um, just started kicking the machine. And 
turns out there is a spot in a Coke machine from uh, 2002 or whenever it was that you can kick and you'll get money back. And then they come <laughs> out going, what are you doing? Like, you can't do that. And I'm like, this operates independently from you. Yeah, <laughs> you don't care what we do. Yeah, yeah I got my true, refund. Yeah. I'm happy. By the way, kids, yeah. here's where you kick if you want money. Yeah, you got some malicious compliance in there. Well done. <laughs> yeah, I am... Um... For better or worse, I really like the um, yeah. I like that opening with Skinner playing with the, yeah. the army men <laughs> and the sound design. Like... Oh, that was great when he scoots them away, like and you hear mm. them scream. Yeah, when he puts um, them in the yeah, draw, starts <laughs> off all the the military moment, and you're like, okay, so we're gonna be like, this is gonna be like a movie or something. But then you see Skinner's in the you know the platoon. You're like, okay, so it's it's this is you know like a flashback or something. And then he's like, what's coming over this line? It's a swing line. It's a stapler <laughs> comes along, and then just cuts to him playing with army figures. Like, Okay, that got me pretty hard. That was great. Yeah, and even the simple animation moment of, yeah, them getting, you know, the medic in mm-hmm. and, you know, they bring in one of those stapler remover <laughs> clips, the big fucking yeah. alligator looking things. Love yeah. it. Yeah, that was some good shit. The the great rule of threes with the gumbo, that killed, that mm-hmm. was great. Yeah, gumbo, gumbo machine. machine. Yeah. I love him burning his hand. I love pathetic Gil. I get their orders, they give me the money, and then in the, the next day I have their snacks, like, and they throw <laughs> the stapler. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mm. I thought they were really like clicking with the jokes. Like, mm. yeah, out of the gate, funny. Like, yeah, well, yeah. even like Lindsay Nagel and uh, whoever other say. corporate yeah. shell like pitching the thing is like, so are these snacks nutritious? That's none of our concern, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But even then, they're like, uh, they introduce what is it, Scammer and Z Dog, and they're like, these spokes rebels are from the same marketing team that came up with Hip Hopsicles, the Urban Popsicle. I'm like, mm. damn. Yeah. All right. So yeah, continuing on with the questionnaire, the wackiness. How was the wackiness in this episode? I was gonna say the drink has uh, partially de-weaponized plutonium in it. Yeah. Yeah. Lisa rattling off all the things in it. I liked that. Contrasting with the fucking various snacks in there, I was like, eh. Like yes. Dalai Laminate and fucking uh, yeah. Oh, those were the names were pretty silly. I think you know Bart getting under there, like getting the ice cream, and like they made Bart a pure addict. Like that, they mm-hmm. didn't hold back on. They made him because like the idea of like eating ice cream off the ground is like the most pathetic yeah. thing a fat man can do. Like, oh no, this ice cream, I can't let it, the ground have it. Like, yeah, oof. yeah, true. That is addiction because usually we see that with Barney sucking alcohol out of the yeah. shag. Yeah. <laughs> But no, I mean, I wasn't hating the stuff with the fat camp. Like, I really do think that the episode was improving in its third uh, act. Look, um, yeah. I feel like any episode that has Al Brooks doing an amazing one-off character just kind of needs its own ranking because it overrides yeah. my ability to assess anything. Yeah. So yeah, Albert Brooks, guest star for this episode, pulling double duty, uh, playing this, yeah, fat camp uh, guard. What what would you call him? Uh, he's the guy teacher? just running the fat camp. Yeah, he's John. just the dude running the fat camp. I would say... Anyway, yeah, he's playing a character. Drill Sergeant. Yeah. Um, yeah, playing Tab Spangler. Again, funny mm-hmm. name. And uh, yeah. gets a little uh, mini appearance as Jacques in the modified uh, intro where, yeah, Bart, like, runs over his foot or something yeah. and he goes, watch it. Like, and yeah, I was surprised in my research. This is only his fifth appearance in the show. Yeah. And oh, yeah. this was, like, his first for, like, almost a decade as well. They're rare and special. And again, he's just got those great Albert Brooks rants that you don't know if they're in the script or if he's just riffing. But I would love to know if Albert Brooks was the one who wrote the whole like, oh yeah, we can tell you 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 bleed over to channel six and seven. I hope you're getting yeah. two paychecks. Yeah, mm. when he's ripping off Kemp Brockman. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but even then, I love his bit where he's uh, catches Bark sneaking ice cream and he's just like, "Son, I want to tell you a story about a young man who came here and failed." 
Actually, that's the entire story. I should not call a, full, a sentence a full story. <laughs> that, was, that got me pretty good. Yeah. And then it's like, I'm going to take you somewhere. It's gonna, actually, it could be an hour, but no talking on the way. It'll ruin the drama. Um, drama. The, the wacky, for the wackiness, the hostile. Like, I will never, I'm not patriotic until somebody from Europe starts talking shit. <laughs> like, and that's when, you know, USA, motherfucker, when it's some dude from the Netherlands reason 51 why america sucks like yeah (laughs) yeah because marge can do anything about any of these issues yeah i do like how they kind of undermine that because he's all like listing legitimate problems you know like universal health care and stuff but then it's like why don't you do something do it it's like (laughs) what do you want dude yeah. Um, my other what about all that water you guys are going to use for showering and bathing and washing your clothes? Uh, Sassy's is not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> really got something out for the, the German backpackers in particular. This uh, yeah, someone in the staff, yeah, let <laughs> some... Had, had to, like, room with one. Stayed in a hostel, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My other note of whack is everything around the milkshake festival, which was, that got me. Just the We're one announcer who's like, a free milkshake for every 10-year-old boy. Drink your weighted milkshakes and get a milkshake. Mm. <laughs> and then Homer milkshake drunk on the bed later oh, that was uh, that was good lisa take a photo with the milk <laughs> God. actually yeah during that moment as well turns out bart has got his uh, own secret stash as well and yeah got a crusty poster and i wrote in my notes is this a rita hayworth bit and oh, then yeah. yeah he throws the candy up and he's like like yeah the camera like shot, andy like, dufresne in the end yeah yeah like andy dufresne after he escapes in shawshank so yeah big reference there mm-hmm. um, yeah. oh wackiness the the zipper on Krusty. <laughs> that was yeah. horrifying. That that got, was... I was like, is, meant to be, is this meant to be a zipper glued onto him that's malfunctioned? Or are they implying he literally has a zipper embedded in his chest? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't think they know what the zipper club actually means. <laughs> no, that was horrifying. Mm. Look, I mean, there's a bunch more wackiness to go over, but let's jump to the heart. How was the heart in this episode? You know, another heart attack, by the way. Mm. I yeah, true. Actually, so I Googled this. You can have a heart attack at any age, but apparently it is highly unlikely to happen before your 20s. Like, you need to be mm. in dire, dire mm. shape to have a heart attack at Bart's age, but it is yeah, possible. Yeah, three weeks of junk food's probably not going to do it. I do like when Bart destroys the vending machines. Like, I kind of really, like, that to me was the heart moment of him, like, realizing this thing that has him in a vice, he can't let do it. So the heart, it's not like traditional Simpsons heart. It's this more like this Andy mm. Dufresne release kind of heart where like mm. he's freeing himself of the monster like that is capitalism and trying to make kids eat this stuff. So yeah. Yeah. the heart is there. It's just a heart that I've never I'm sure the Simpsons have done before, but this is something that's not the traditional Simpsons heart for me. Yeah. Um, like the concern for the family is there and like yeah. what mm. they're doing to have to put him through this. It, fuck, I'm trying to remember the other episode that this really reminds me of where the family are doing it tough trying to i think it's like yeah lisa's going to a selective school and marge is like doing mm. all their laundry or something from the 20s or um, when homer's working as the quickie mark guy for the yeah, horse. yeah there we go like it's that sacrifice heart that we mm. like that like a parent does when you, you know when you love somebody and they're your child you're gonna do anything for them yes for mm. the pseudo strucking globenheimer yeah, yeah I, uh, and right. then, you know, poor Homer's singing 99 balloons for a flipping, what, quarter? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. That went a little too long for me, but I mean, yeah. you knew the second verse. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ultimately, though, did it feel like an episode yeah. of The Simpsons? Oh, yeah. So these are the characters we know and love, is this show we know and love? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, in this era, I mean, the, I think, yeah, it's maybe a little 
mishandled, but the idea of heart there, like we were just discussing, that heart comes from sacrifice for another person. It's not a overall, now everybody hug and the music goes... It's more like, a, yeah, yeah, as they say in uh, Cliffhanger, true love means sacrifice. So... You know, if you can't learn love from Stallone films, I don't know what any of any of this is for. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I guess in terms of not feeling like it, for me, it's the show itself. The characters don't really feel too off. Like, yeah, mm. you mentioned before, Ryan, you know, you'd, the family, of course, would do anything for Bart and they would go through all this. But just the plot point itself of Bart having a heart attack. Yeah, you mentioned that before as well. It just, it feels too extreme. Like... I feel mm. like it would just be enough for him to be struggling with life. It just, it feels yeah. like, yeah, a heart attack is too fucking extreme. Yeah, yeah that'd be enough. I They needed an instigating incident, I suppose, to get him to, because you need to hurry this plot along, and that's faster than being like, ah, oh, I'm just concerned. With how they animated Bart, he's big enough to where he doesn't need the heart attack for them to go, what the hell is going on? Like, yeah. he's big enough to where... It should be like a scenario where he's like, I can't fit into my clothes versus a heart attack. I think you just do. I think that's faster, Mm. which I think they really wanted to do that joke of like fat Bart doing the opening, which I enjoyed. But I understand why that could be off putting. But like Mm. instead of a heart attack, if it's just Bart like ripping his shirt because he's too big. Like that's a stroke. That's a real world struggle of like once you gain it, once you hit a certain weight, if you're not tall, it sucks getting close. Because, mm-hmm. like, everything is done, like, if you're fat, you're also tall, like, because the mm-hmm. bigger waist sizes are for the longer pants. But, like, so that's an, yeah. a simple way that's not the extreme of a heart attack. No, it's such a good point. Like, yeah, the variables in size of, like, once you start hitting multiple X's as well is really weird because, yeah, it's not just fat people. It's also tall people. So, like, mm-hmm. getting a shirt that is actually the right shape is, yeah, it's so difficult. I thought um, for a while that's where it was going in terms of uh, Bart sells Willie his skateboard to pay for the snacks. And I thought, okay, that's going to be the, he's given up something he loves for this new addiction and that's going to be what, but then he just takes his skateboard back. You're like, oh, okay, that's not what we're doing with this. After a long, wacky Willie falling down the stairs sequence that fucking just annoyed the shit out of me. (laughs) Yeah, no, it really went on. Oh, that went on too long for sure. Oh, I'm getting the hang of it. Oh, I'm falling again. That that one went on too long. I'll admit that. Mm -hmm. Each episode had a Willie joke. The last episode was kind of quick. The tattoo of the... The song. It was so quick we forgot to mention. Yeah, (laughs) and then this one, it's too long, so... I remember that jo- the tattoo joke bugging me because it just totally mm-hmm. looked like superimposed text that yeah. didn't like curve with him. It's anyway, it was a funny joke, but I always found the the text weird. Anyway, sorry, I'm getting no, no, no it's, it's it was probably animated before they had like the song nailed down, and mm. so then they just had to superimpose the text on there. Yep, I know it's always just weird, sort of seeing non handwritten text in The Simpsons. It's like you know those few times, Beach, where we we saw episodes like. That's fucking Comic Sans. What are they doing putting yeah. Comic Sans in a Simpsons app? <laughs> well, it is a cartoon. Uh, but yes, no, would you watch this one again? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, easily uh, as a uh, question of like the best of Al Brooks. Uh, yeah, sure. Put it in the Al Brooks playlist. Uh, but what would we change? Ryan, we'll start with you. So I would, I, you know, I, I didn't think of this until we started talking and getting your perspective on some of the cruelty, Elliot. I think I would just reduce some of the meanness of the jokes and I would take away the heart attack. After hearing you guys talk about it, it probably is too extreme. Just Mm. make that adjustment where instead of Bart having a heart attack, 
it's Bart ripping his clothes. Like that to me, when you look at how the episode goes, that's the only really extreme moment where it just does not fit with the rest of it. A 10 year old Mm. having a heart attack is pretty out there. Um, Yeah. Mm. Whereas if Bart does a crash course, if you do a crash diet like that, where you're consuming nothing but sugar and all the fake shit that is in that food. Yeah. You're going to gain that weight really, you know, in three weeks, it's believable that Bart would, you know, gain 50%, you know, 50% increase. So it's Mm. there. It doesn't make it as extreme and it's a little bit more realistic. Uh, But that would be my big thing. So update, you know, changing the second act a little bit, because I think the first act is strong. And I think the third act is strong and where people Mm. probably get a little like, eh, is the journey in the second act for Bart. Yeah. Mid mid section sags a little bit. Mm. How about you, BT? I would want to change, yeah, those kind of things, and also, 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 uh, <laughs> also, maybe just focus on a bit more of the the corporate brainwashing and the fact that it's specifically these snacks, because really it is just the Z Dog and Scammer snacks that are, got him hooked. So there's something more to yeah. that in terms of maybe yeah, fast food alley kind of deal. Like it's not just yeah. those snacks; it's it's everywhere in our culture, like at least in the United States, all the food seems to be designed to make you overweight. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And the fact that, yeah, healthy stuff is way more expensive. And the fact that Bart can afford this with pocket change and it's right there in the school, but the school needs the funding because what else am I supposed to do? There's a lot more. It doesn't have to be the you know overall point of the episode, but it can be a bit more of a feature. Yeah, I would kind of like to see that and just and then that would lay a bit more I get symbolically him smashing up the uh vending machines is what what it's about but if that's really the core of his problem then uh, he's destroying the thing that's lured him into this unhealthy life. Yeah. Well, yeah, just piggybacking off that, one of the immediate obvious changes to me is I wish it wasn't actually a Bart-focused story. I don't mind him gaining weight and being addicted to these products, but like it clearly shows that this is a school-wide problem and like, I really wish that it was, yeah, more students um, getting weight gain because of that. And we were, like, having a bit more of a look at schools doing this. And, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the, the kids, you know, the parents are not having any control what their kids do at school. And then, and yeah, I feel like Bart selling his skateboard was a potential story. Like, him selling his stuff to for the sugar thing. Yeah. I mm. feel like, yeah, this could have been more of a school episode that it just focuses on Bart. I feel like is the biggest misstep that this episode makes. And exactly. And if there's a character on the Simpsons that encapsulates the weight problem, it's Homer. And like, Hmm. you're going to do something like this. Like granted, I know they've done Homer episodes before where it's a weight problem, but it's never been Bart. Mm -hmm. Like it's always been Homer. So to make it Bart centric, I gets into Pee Wee football for for very late. So, um, but no, I Elliot, I totally I actually really like the angle you're going with where if it's a school centric episode where all we have to do is instead of a fat camp, they just bring in Albert Brooks's mm. character to like get yeah, the, yeah. the parents find out about this. The parents realize their kids are like all gaining weight, except, you know, Lisa's the only one who realizes it. And then they bring in this drill sergeant guy to try to help them lose weight. But then you lose. I, I like where you're going with it. I'm willing to lose the fat camp instead to make it more focused on the kids. Because it really, at the core of this episode, it's talking about how bad this is for American kids. Like how yeah. mm-hmm. much junk food is available to the kids. And the fact that Michelle Obama's goal as first lady was to fight this. Like, it, mm-hmm. that's how bad it was for us when Obama was elected. That was her goal as first lady. It was, like, to make sure kids had better options. Like Yeah, absolutely. And 
And if we had to, like, keep it Bart-centric so we could get to the fat camp, I honestly wish there was more of that. Because, yeah, give me more Albert Brooks. And, yeah. like, I want to know the reason why Rainier Wolf Castle was there. Like, <laughs> Yeah, there was a bit weird where we cut to Bart at fat camp, and it's him, Rainier Wolf Castle, Apu, who doesn't have any lines, and oh, Kim yeah. Brockman. That was weird. I was like, that was a weird collection. You'd think, like, some other kid would be there, like, Millhouse or Uter or something. I think they wanted, like, characters who weren't traditionally big to be there. Yeah. Like Rainier, they could just do the movie star had a weight yeah. problem, and then you know Kent Brockman. Like, but they wanted characters who weren't normally big for that, or else yeah. if they were going for traditionally big characters, it would have been Wiggum, comic book guy, and mm. Judge Schneider. But they yeah. were like, "Oh, we yeah. got to change it up." I'm sure that's what they said in the writers' room when that was. Yeah. Like, All right. Well, it's time for final notes, and um, we've already done the song, so let's not do it again. Sure. <laughs> Ryan, have you got any other bits from the episode that uh, want to mention before we rank it? I love the, while it was extreme, like Hibbert, like those are malted milk balls. And then like when Marge goes, his liver looks fine. That's a thing of Laffy Taffy. Oh, like that, that did get me. Like, I will say, I think from a comedy standpoint, I think this episode has more jokes jammed into it Mm. than I'm used to from this era, which is, Mm. I think a good thing. And Albert Brooks is just always a gem. Just his interaction, this is going to be my last bit about the episode, him and Homer in the car, like on the way to the camp, like him wanting that burger, like, (laughs) don't, don't, I just want the cheat, no, I want the whole thing, like that back and forth. (laughs) Just let me bite it, don't rip it. (laughs) So, so damn funny. And then the part with them at the hotel, like, we'll figure that out when we're standing in front of each other naked. (laughs) (laughs) No, I really enjoyed that riff. Yeah, you got to assume that was, yeah, Albert Brooks and Dan Cast oh, yeah. uh, riffing in the studio. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that was really good fun. Mm-hmm. Always welcome to have Albert Brooks. BT. Uh, oh, uh, let's see. When it starts off, uh, Superintendent Chalmers all like, oh, you know, we need to select a new vending machine. So let's start this dog and pony show. And Skinner's like, ah, oh, I'm assuming these dogs and pony are metaphorical. I just, him saying pony, <laughs> I think, was just a very Skinnerism I liked. I didn't like, though, um, how he's like, uh, happy birthday to you and he's like Skinner you know I'm a Sagittarius and he says oh I'm a Libra that's a compatibility and then Chalmers goes yeah. be gay on your own time hmm. yeah that was a weird flow yeah. Teens era no. Simpsons right there uh, Lisa's megaphone is little little agitator so Love I like that. the idea that you know it's like the parent company to the little little band uh, little troublemaker yeah the little bastard um, kits they've also got bastard, a range of yeah, uh, yeah. little activist kits yeah yeah exactly Ralph saying, obeying the machine is fun. And then also Marge being like, oh, I'm being replaced by a machine now, which feels very poignant given the whole, you know, AI thing going on. And if there is one show that you could replace with an AI and it would be roughly the same as season 16. Mm. Um, mm, that hurts my see. soul. Um, I know. The Itchy and Scratchy episode. Uh, that was poignant. That was really good. Yeah, and he walks into the doctor's office and is, like, going through a checklist and it's all the things that have happened to him in previous uh, Itchy and Scratchy episodes, like stabbed with the Seattle Space Needle and tricked into eating yourself and stuff like that. (laughs) No, I love it that, yeah, it's set out as a form of, like, have you any of these conditions, but it's just, yeah, it's all Scratchy relevant shit. (laughs) Yeah, died in the plane crash with Buddy Holly. Um, (laughs) It probably went a little too long, but I did enjoy that. Um, Marge giving Bart vegetables and being like, it's graffiti, you can eaty, is just so very... Marge, it's yeah. adorable. Trying to make vegetables fun, yeah. I do love yeah, exactly. the Insta cutters with a smash cut as well, with like feeding him the cauliflower. It's like, okay, we found out you're allergic to cauliflower. <laughs> that was, yeah. Good yeah. Bit. Which, like, 
great little bit of like when you try to eat healthy and your body's like mm. what the fuck is this like it happens a lot more than people realize so mm. great on the oh, yeah. for that one i think if this was anyone but al, al brooks doing this it would have sucked but where he's like we teach one thing here tough luck and he shows the sign and mud's like shouldn't that be tough love he goes that sign has never made sense. You are completely right. Yeah. Is, yeah, if that was anyone other than Al Brooks, I don't think that would have been funny. But the way he does it, it got me. And the PSI later is like, but I doesn't stand for esteem. Damn it. Yeah. Every sign is a lie. Yeah. Uh, Marge trying to cut back on, you know, cost spending is like, but I already do my lipstick with crayons and fireplace soot for eyeliner. And Homer's just like, if that's where my soot went. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That got me. Again, Al Brooks being like, come on, we're going to look for your father. And if there's time, we'll look for mine. <laughs> yeah and the, again i uh, gotta go get my car washed and meet somebody so the idea is just out there looking for love at the car wash and i like the insinuation that the somebody he met was a backpacker because he had to go back <laughs> to their place to find his belt oh, oh right oh yeah things okay. got a little uh frisker there yeah i could not figure out why they had that belt joke here okay yeah it was odd um and then finally it's like Kabat's all like oh you know i've learned that even corporate mas- mascots can lie to you and then homer's like did you hear that foxy the fox network fox and uh, very on that. the nose but it, it worked for me um yeah and i only have a couple of notes um yeah marge makes the family tuna stuffed steak that was uh sounds disgusting even though i like both those things quite a bit oh yeah during the intervention as well crusty's there and he goes now i have to free base ground up moon rocks and they just show him fucking smoking out of a crack pipe and because they're like ah, oh, we told you it wasn't crack so it's not real and it's like uh you guys you're really sketching around the borders there yeah um yeah but that's all my notes it's time to rank this thing all right bt you feel like you're most in the middle between me and ryan what are you ranking it uh, look, uh, controversial to my last opinion, but I'm going to give the same opinion. I'm still on a bronze. I had an okay time. I feel like this one does kind of drop its story a little bit, but I think it's got a better pace and more kind of jokes per minute. And I just cannot hate anything with Al Brooks in it. He's just, every character he does is just so damn funny. So yeah, it's got, I think it's got a more energetic pace. And while some of the jokes are mean spirited and that's kind of dropping its point, I feel like we even came up with better fixes for this one. But overall, I had a just kind of a equal time to it, all things considered. So I'm going to stick with a bronze. Can I make it three for three? It's never happened before. <laughs> probably not. I think uh, king-sized Homer is probably a lot better than this. Probably, <laughs> but uh, I'm going to be as hard on it as I can. <laughs> uh, Ryan, what do you reckon? Um, I'm going to go with a low. It's it's a low silver, but I think it's a silver because while I could find ways to improve it, I didn't think of jokes to improve it. I just thought of ways to maybe improve the story mm. a little bit, whereas like. I do think on a ha-ha Simpsons, the jokes are at a quick pace, they're rapid, and they are relevant to the episode. They are not poorly done, they are not out there. I think this is a better teens era episode, and I th- I think what ups it to a silver is the legendary Albert Brooks, like, just nudging it, where, especially compared to the one we just watched, it's like, I can't give them both a bronze. To me... One is clearly better than the other. It's not good enough to get a gold, 
but it is good enough to get that silver. Yeah, uh, look, you guys have talked me up. I was actually walking into this one pretty sure I was going to fail it. But right. yeah, you guys are right. It does have a decent pace. It moves along at a clip. The jokes are coming in thick and fast, even though, you know, the thick ones are a little more egregious. Um, yeah, but and yeah, some I, of them are way too long. <laughs> yeah, I'm only up to a participant, and I feel <laughs> like I'm being generous from that. But <laughs> I, I certainly uh, see your guys' points about it. And... Yeah, it's not the worst, but yeah, I, I think it was kind of a downstep for me from the last one, but yeah, mm -hmm. participant, and I'm just doing the math here because this is The Simpsons Index, last episode from season 16 <gasps> to review, wow. and I'm just putting in the numbers. Yes, this will keep season 16 as an overall shiny participant, <laughs> so at the moment it will be our 23rd best season, and... <laughs> The third worst teens era season. Like, yeah, uh, yeah season 16, uh, not too good. <laughs> I th was season 16 mm -hmm. when they started the writing process for the movie? I think that's part of the drain for sure. Yeah, like, 100%. Yeah, makes sense. So that's another season in the books. There you go, man. That's awesome. I know, damn. That's it. And yeah, I think we're putting uh, season seven in the books next as yeah. we go and review wow. King, King Size, Size Homer. Homer. Yeah, boy. We'll be back. And we are back, and we just watched our classic and final episode of the evening. This was Season 7, Episode 7, King Size Homer. First released in November of 1995, and by the way, The Simpsons Index, you know, the philosophy of three episodes each from a different decade mm -hmm. has usually been a bit loose, but this is, I think, like one of the very few times where they were all pretty well ten years apart. The first oh, one wow. was 2015, second was mm -hmm. 2005. Yeah, this is 95, so... That's awesome. Oh, wow. That's great. And thematically, like, and super thematic. connected. Yeah. Everything lines up. We're through the looking glass, people. <laughs> uh, yeah, directed by Jim Reardon, written by Dan Graney. His first really? uh, episode wow. written for The Simpsons. Uh, wow. Apparently, he was a lawyer before that and was almost planning a relocation to the Ukraine, but got this job and changed his mind. Weird as hell that someone's career options is I'm going to be a lawyer in the Ukraine or I'm going to be a Simpsons writer. <laughs> real like, fucking sliding doors moment right there. I mean, for good real. for him because I'm looking him up now. It's like the Simpsons. He did a couple office episodes and that's yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Like. Hmm. Wild. In this episode, you all know this one. It's the one where Homer uh, gains a lot of weight to get on disability. Hey, guys, what do we think? Ah, chef's kiss. And I'm very surprised this is his first episode because this is some beautiful moments of polish in this. Mm. I was gushing last time because it's like, okay, we went from one episode, uh, season 26 to season 16. And like, I thought that was this because no, this is the significant jump. This is where <laughs> like watching this, I'm like, yeah, this was probably one of those episodes that like Dan wrote it, but the writer's room as a whole together yeah. was like probably like... this might be one of those episodes where like Bill Oakley talks about like, yeah, we'd be there till like 11 o'clock at night trying to figure this out because the script is so tight. Yes. The pace is perfect. It's like a joke yeah. every half minute. It seems like I wanted to keep track of every joke. But after a while, I just said, you know what? Screw this. I'm just enjoying this because yeah. they are hitting on all cylinders. And I think it's actually aged quite well. Like surprisingly. I think there would be detractors, but I think there would be a lot of people who would appreciate what they were going for. Like, I mean, hmm. the fact that Homer gets to work from home and that's the exact situation a lot of people find themselves in now <laughs> feels like it's renewed, if anything. Yeah. Same like, thing with computers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, that is such a such a quick, you might miss it. Mm. Like, oh, it must have something to do with constant snacking and sitting around. <laughs> <laughs> well, so. 
Yeah, um, I will say the one element that has always hit me a bit weird about this episode is, yeah, 300 pounds is, like, not hyper-obese, like, I'm 300 pounds-ish. Like, <laughs> I, I would actually say my only true negative to the episode, I don't think they understand how to animate people being overweight. Mm. Like, so, background into me, I am near Homer's weight to get on disability. I don't think I look anything like Homer in the Moo Moo. Like, I don't, like, when mm. I see Homer in this episode... That's like a 400 pound, 500 pound man, not yeah. a 300 pound man. Like, so, and that's just, I think a problem with like animation back in the nineties, they didn't know how to animate anybody of significant weight. Yeah. I do like that it knows its history as well, that in this episode, Homer's 239 pounds, which is where he mm -hmm. got down to. In 239, the... I'm feeling fine. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, just running the numbers for us fucking metric fucking snobs yeah. over here. Yeah. Uh, yeah so... Homer's current weight, 108 kilos, the 239. 300 pounds gets him up to 136 kilos. And yep. then mm -hmm. uh, his actual weight, because, you know, dad, towel rack, yeah. <laughs> uh, 315 translates to 142 kilos, which yep. is, yeah, nowhere near, like, yeah, the that's, that's morbid and boy, disabled. The, like, yeah, yeah, it's a big dude, but it's not like the, you know, uh, ex massive pillow on the back of his neck. Yeah. It's not big enough to where this person gets to work from home. Like, I think at that yeah. weight, they would still, like, no, you're coming into the office. Yeah, exactly. We know for a fact. But now maybe back in 95, it was that maybe. way, but... That's sort of, like, maybe the little bit of leeway you can give this episode, and certainly, you know, the obesity epidemic has, yeah, put those numbers down on the lower end of Just the scale. But yeah, like, yeah, I'm hovering around there, and I'm wearing a Rush t-shirt right now. You know, yeah. I'm not wearing my Rush Moo Moo, which I also have. <laughs> um, I mean, you would if you could. For a socially acceptable, I drape myself in velvet. What I think they did so much better in this episode than the previous episode was the fact that the cruelty was coming from characters we expect to be cruel. It's mm -hmm. the it's the bullies who are being mean. And it's like that's within their character. They're going yeah. to say that, oh, I hear that guy's butt has its own congressman. Like the yeah. jokes that are mean are coming from people who should be mean. Like yeah, and I think that's really important. Got the difference of this was intentional as well. It's not this is the size Homer is, even when he's trying to be healthy. It is this is him specifically trying to get to a, a weight he shouldn't be. Yeah, and through all those jokes as well, it's this little reoccurring thing of, like, Lisa still sticking up for him, even though she expressed concern earlier in the episode mm -hmm. about this, that, yeah, when people start making fun of him, she's all like, hey, he's like a real person with real feelings, and then, of mm. course, in both moments, Homer immediately undermines them. <laughs> so, something, a little bit of backstory into me, I want to be a filmmaker, and something I want to do for the rest of my life, whenever I have to, like, fill in space with, like, noise, I want to put... If there's a TV and it needs to have a no noise coming from it, I want Homer saying, oh, that's Raspberry, to be in the back. That is my goal for the rest of my career, is that if every, every time I make a movie, oh, that's Raspberry is going to appear in it. That is my goal. Because it kills me every time I hear it. Because it's actually it's the, such perfect. It's perfectly timed. Yeah, oh, mm. I just love that. Like, yeah, he started. He's like, oh, now I know the flavor. Like, that's just good to me. And uh, there's someone on Twitter with the handle of Oh, that's Raspberry. She's yeah, quite a good artist as well. I think her name's Maddie. Um, yeah, yeah she's worth a follow. It's um, such a perfectly timed joke too. Like, it's <laughs> the pace. Bam, Lisa defends Homer. Yeah, because even Jimbo's teasing is like kind of clever. Yeah, he's got ass has got its own congressman, and then Ralph mm -hmm. is just so fucking lazy. 
You ate everything in the restaurant. Then they had to they close had to the restaurant. The restaurant. <laughs> but also just the implication that, yeah, he stole the ice cream truck because he had to. But while he's at it, he's definitely going to take an ice cream. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, yeah, you've no. already stolen the truck at this point. <laughs> yeah. Take it all, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, man. And then when he arrives at the nuclear plant and all the people doing calisthenics, hop on it. And even though he's like doing laps around the cooling towers, they're still like, what can I get for 35 cents? So extreme. Uh, that is the wackiness of like an, an adult would not jump onto an ice cream truck. Like they would be like, yeah, what is this man doing? <laughs> Uh, just yeah. when the truck tips over, the one guy's like, oh, I can't decide without the pictures. <laughs> Perfect joke. Perfect joke. <laughs> Fucking excellent. All right, let's hook into the questionnaire. Ryan, we'll start with you. For better or worse, what's a moment that stands out to you from this one? Oh, um, well, I already said my worst with the animation, and that's really just nitpicking at, like, hmm. I don't think they know how to animate somebody being hyper-obese and then matching the weight. But I'll just talk about the good, which I just... That montage of them trying, like, getting Homer the foods to gain weight, mm. and it stops on the, I don't know, fish sandwich, and without <laughs> missing a beat, like, it's so perfect, because I know plenty of people who've convinced themselves, like, oh, I can get fast food, I'll just get a fish sandwich and I'll be healthy. Yeah. And it's like, that is the, as somebody who's worked at McDonald's and Burger mm. King and all these places, the fish sandwich is cooked in the same crap we cook or everything else. Yeah. It is not healthy, it is a lie. It is the dis- <laughs> trick. So, yeah. like, oh, the bird crashing into it, it's Yeah, it's, it's just great. the perfect it's, button to that. It's so, so good. And it's weird that, like, they only did the towel rack thing twice. Because in my head, I'm like, it sh- they should have done it three times, but it works the two times they do it. Like, you know, rule of threes, we should have seen Homer do that one more time, but it just works the two times well, they do you it. Got, like, you got your setup and your payoff. You didn't really yeah. need the, the middle reminder because yeah. I even like Bart's expression where he's looking, where Homer's like, just it's 300. He's like, woohoo. And then Bart, you can see Bart looking down and be like, uh, dad, towel rack. <laughs> yeah, and they're still looking concerned. It's like, maybe we did go too far. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, to bring it back to the, you know, when the paper comes clear, it's your window to weight gain. Like, to me, that looks like they totally greased up a bit of paper there and animated it that way, which I wouldn't be surprised. You know, this is still in the pencil and paper days of animating The Simpsons. Had to do a lot of things practically. Yeah, and then just doing that with the bird and the wall, like, it's so ridiculous. It's the perfect sound effect as well. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you can tell they know what they're talking about with, like, Mm. like, that is the best. You want to gain weight if all your food is full of grease? Like, there you go. Yeah, but, I mean, with that montage as well. The congealed group. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, the fucking the Dr. Nick's. Uh, the congealed group, the chocolatastic. And the whipped group. And you need to engage in asso-horizontology. Like. <laughs> even his line of, hey, did you go to Hollywood upstairs medical school too? I'm like, that's, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so well done. Yeah. Do you, all right, so I, I'm, this will be a bit of fun for the audience. Can you guys guess the food groups? I got the pyramid pulled up. So do we want to uh, see if we can get all of them? Okay, well, we know we've got the whipped, congealed, and chocotastic. Yeah, they're um, the only ones I remember. I didn't write down the ones. We're going to that... have something like fried as well. So, well, like... so we got whipped, congealed, and chocotastic. There's two more. Um, like mm. ultra sugar. And... So it's, they call that fats and sweets. Yep. yep. And then the bottom one, I think the one that's quick because it's barely there, is empty calorie group. So <laughs> it's such a great little, like, quick joke. Mm. Great animation joke. Because I feel like. That was something the animators might have came up with. Like, hey, what do you guys think mm. about this? Like, Well, to, yeah, yeah, have the contrast with the Dr. Hibbert. I'll have no part of it. Can you recommend a Doctor Who will? 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I love that. Yeah, Doctor Nick is just totally on board and has a plan already in place and advice. Mm. You know, instead of using bread for sandwiches, use pop tarts. Instead of chewing gum, chew bacon. bacon. <laughs> and the classic window to weight gain. Uh, BT, what stands out to you from this episode, for better or worse? Uh, I'm going to take a two first because you can't stop me. I um, one is just Mr. Burns leading the calisthenics group is mm. hilarious. Just lift your left huck, air right, <laughs> lift your right huck, air right, and then later on, like, uh, push out the jive, bring in the love. And, of course, the Iroquois twist at the end, which is the great use of it being a countdown as well. Yeah. And then the drama of the moment interrupted with two high, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, to take the old ticking clock cliche and mix it in with this thing that they set up at the start of the episode. Absolutely. It brings it all back. Exactly. Great wraparound. And then it's only five minutes a day of calisthenics is, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, fun joke to put on that. Oh, yeah. Uh, and the other one I wanted, just, just a perfectly constructed joke of um, Marge saying, oh, you know, I have to bring this up carefully with Homer. He can be surprisingly sensitive. Remember when I giggled at his Sherlock Holmes hat? He sulked for a week, then closed his detective agency. And what I love is the joke is the very last line that you could almost blink and you'll miss of closed his detective agency. Like, that's the yeah. funny part. And you visualize it instantly. Exactly. Yeah, the rest of it is establishing Homer. The point is establishing Homer as a very sensitive person who, you know, can take insults quite personally. But the, to just end it on this little, wait, he opened a detective agency, had a hat and everything, <laughs> but it was Marge giggly at his hat that caused that to fall down. It's just beautiful joke writing. Yeah, and even then after that, like her, hmm, I guess if I use my less nagging tone of voice and then she like warms up her fucking vocals like... Homer, Homer, Homer. That's it. That's, that's it. One. That's the one. Send him in. <laughs> I've, got, I've got the note. And yeah, it just what a great way to sort of segue into, yeah, the tougher conversation that this episode had to have. Um, balancing the emotion and joke telling of yes. this episode is really where it thrives. They used Lisa and Marge so well in this episode to mm, balance yeah. out. Like, Lisa, from a child's perspective of, like, this is really, you're my dad, this is bad for you. And then I'm glad they had Marge do the tough thing, which is, like, you know, I'll love you no matter how much you weigh, but at a certain point, like, it's well within reason Marge is going to lose attractiveness to Homer. Because, like, yeah. it's kind of like the parameters of the relationship when they started, they're at this level, and now Homer is, like, way up here, like, he's pushing that limit. Yeah. And then mm. the fact that the bed caved in when he laid down, like, that means she can only get on top or else he's going to kill her. Like, that's yeah. <laughs> that's limiting your options to snuggle time, and that's not, a, that's not mm -hmm. good for anybody. Yeah, but I like yeah where the moment the breaking moment for Lisa here is uh, when Bart starts fantasizing about himself doing the exact same thing. <laughs> but again, amazing fucking fantasy sequence and uh, uh, I wash myself with the a rag, rag on, on a stick. stick. Yeah, and I love that he's miming the rag and then Lisa runs away from the <laughs> mime. <laughs> it's just something so damn funny about that. It's yeah, such a great Bart moment too. Like because. It's it's such a great pairing of like Barton Homer, Marge and Lisa, and yeah. just oh God, a rag on a stick. Just and then everyone's <laughs> like, ooh. Well, to bring it back to the other fantasy moment of this episode where Homer envisages mm. what it will be like, and uh, Marge bringing him, here's your lemonade and here's your beer. You know, it's all all very fun. And then in the previous montage, him and Butter are objectively having fun doing this yeah. uh, weight game project. And then, yeah, immediately contrasted with the reality of it is that. Yeah, later in the episode, Homer's just fucking staring at a computer all day and hitting Y. Yeah, he even like, has like a really heartbreak moment where he Marge is like, I run errands, I'm going to go out for the day. It's like, can you bring me back a lemonade and a beer? And just nothing. And then he's alone. Yeah. It's like, damn. Oh, heartbreak. Yeah, man. I um, 
this episode for two things is aged depressingly accurately. The working from home, yeah. how boring that can be. Homer's like just trying to find things to do. Mm. And then with the fantasy of like Ned, like some dude shot up the subway. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> This is oh, yeah. too, too a lot of people, and and the subway ran over his head. Like, oh that, oh god, because it just happened. Like for me, I'm not in Columbus, but Columbus is close enough to where, like, yeah, mm. the two 13 year olds shot up a movie theater just a couple it's days ago. Right. I'm just like, oh, stuff that they were not pre- like. That is something the writers were not wanting to predict, and that mm. it's a common occurrence. It's. Ugh. Oh. Yeah, but hey, let's. The other thing they predicted was yeah, just the boredom of being at home. Like two jokes that someone could say, I don't know what this is doing here, is like when Homer gets distracted by Santa's little helper just taking forever to sit down and runs over. And is like there, you found the floor. To be fair, as uh, a lifelong dog person, they do be like that, though. I know, I know. and also, you know, washing my fat guy hat, honey. Um, but that's the thing, he's just at home all day and bored, so when the dog is doing something mildly annoying, it annoys him, and he's when a, a sample of a fabric softener shows up, he gets really excited. I think it's the most work Homer's ever done. At, For the, real. at the plant and he's now bored because like, it's like well i it's different sleeping at work versus sleeping at home you know it's not that exactly. it's fun uh, where's that cake <laughs> where's my uh, tab so good this whole time he didn't occur to him that that was a ruse it was like oh yeah but she still baked a cake but yeah i mean i think all that stuff with yeah the reality of homer working from home and i feel like that's a bunch of the subtext of this movie where mm. yeah it was all fun and games getting there but once he's at this point yeah it's it's lonely and it's boring and then the world's kind of against you when you you know try and be normal and do normal yeah. things and feel for him very much when he goes to the movie theater and then just a crowd starts forming around and like watching mm. this situation unfold like, oh it was so mean but i laughed so hard because I think the point of all that is like to be this size, you're not going to function in the regular world because the world is not mm-hmm. designed for the hyper obese person like Homer. And it's, it's mean, like, mm-hmm. and it's unfair. Like, that's the one thing I will say. It doesn't pretend like what is happening is okay to Homer. It's not saying like, yes, this is correct that the world is this cruel to him, but it is mm-hmm. like just presenting the reality of the world, which is if you're this obese, the world isn't going to be kind to you yeah and i mean that's sort of why i'm so glad we paired these episodes for the comparison because yeah yeah, this is the difference of having sort of a more deft touch and having you know more of like a a balanced and well thought out take like yeah the rest of it sort of yeah just especially in comparison to this feels so surface level and Mm. having this moment as this moment where homer's like oh i'm gonna instigate change you know i'm gonna lead all the hyper obese people into victory and then uh, just comes home and finds that his plan has uh, already uh, fallen off track. The drinking bird. Ah, beautiful. Oh, so that was the other thing. This is a subtle herb playlist that I've come in with today because this mm. episode and the last one referenced the herb episodes. Yes. As Homer's like trying to think of all the people that could go to fat camp and he's like, my seldom seen half-brother herb. And yeah, and this yep. one, the drinking bird. Yeah. Drinking anyway. bird makes return. It's the greatest invention of all time. You're going to make a million dollars. <laughs> so, uh, wackiness. Was this a particularly wacky episode of The Simpsons? To uh, quote Bart Simpson, <laughs> just the idea of Homer's butt stopping the release of 
toxic gas. So <laughs> funny. Like, that's yeah, the wackiest I, bit because I think, like, real world, if that happened, the dude still dies. Like, oh, yeah. The, the, that exposure to that radiation, even to his lower extremities, is going to kill him. Well, I mean, definitely not having children again, but I think <laughs> yeah. that was already established. <laughs> oh, yeah, we know. I'm sterile, right, baby cakes? Yes, <laughs> the nuclear plant. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And again, undercutting the important moment. He's getting his commendation. He's like, oh, for a while I was fearing for my life. <laughs> As the decontamination guys in there are tickling yes. his balls, probably. Turning a Chernobyl into a mere Three Mile Island. Oh, I, yeah, I need some history lessons here. I'm aware of Chernobyl. What's Three Mile Island? Uh, it's uh, It was a nuclear facility in Pennsylvania, I believe. And there was some release, but it's not like the level of Chernobyl. Like, Chernobyl, yeah. I think, will be radioactive in a very dangerous spot for like hundreds of years. Whereas yeah. Three Mile Island, there was a leak and they were able to stop it. So, But it came close. So. But yeah. it did, did come close. Like it was a near massive disaster. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because, yeah, the other one that I didn't get was when he vents the gas the first time and oh. it goes into oh. a cornfield. Paul Newman's oh. going to have my legs broke. What's this? <laughs> I don't... I think it's a reference to uh, like Paul Newman Ranch. That has yeah. to be the only thing I can think of. Cause yeah, yeah, me too. It was like because uh, I know Paul Newman has his own or had his own uh, range of like salad dressings and stuff. His ranch is still my favorite. Yeah, look, it's good stuff, and a lot of it does get donated to charity. But just the idea, I think that was the idea that because Newman's own was very much, first of all, very pro charity and very. It was just a thing that shouldn't have worked that did, and so they never really took it seriously. There's apparently a big sign that says, if we ever have a plan, we're screwed, and says, Paul Newman, while at the urinal, is the quotation of where that comes from, apparently. Oh. <laughs> that joke just might be some random Simpsons-ness. Like, they, yeah, said I think it, it's... they said it out loud and laughed, and we're like, we're keeping yeah. this. I think it's a, here's a company that doesn't take things too seriously, taking one missed crop very seriously and breaking someone's legs. Yeah, the yeah their whole philosophy was very pro charity. So yeah, the idea of yeah this nice dude um, well, breaking someone's legs. Leg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, any other wacky moments that stand out to you from this one? I guess it would be wacky the idea of gaining sixty one pounds in a week. Yeah, I don't think that's possible. Like, yeah, at least Bart was three weeks. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> three weeks later, uh, yeah. For our metric fans out there, sixty one translates into a... oh fuck, I didn't write down. I was just like, I'll be able to do the math in the it's moment. Like Not the case. Uh, Twenty seven point six. Like that's a lot. That's just a ton of weight to gain in a short span of time. I don't think a human being could realistically gain that kind of weight. All right, let's like... prove Ryan wrong. <laughs> uh, both me and you have too much diabetes to even attempt. <laughs> <That's true>. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to get double diabetes. <laughs> uh, so how about the heart of this episode? It's Marge and Lisa like really tugging that concerned heart of like, I love you. I just want what's best for you. Hmm. Like that's really important to this like story that... um. I think they did better, like, they did this better in this episode than in our first episode, where, you know, Marge mm. is trying to convince Homer to lose weight, and I don't think they do a, this, I don't know, just the way Doesn't they do really this. Doesn't really present an argument. Yeah. They show the struggle for Marge to say the tough things. Like, yeah. Marge doesn't, because you love this person, you don't want to tell them, like, I'm losing attraction to you, that's, that's one mm. of the worst things you can say to a significant other, but it needs to be said. Like, yeah. And it's done with grace that I think is like really important yeah. to the story because it could have been really bad. Hard for her to say the words, yeah. Yeah, 
Well, especially after because, yeah, they're going through the pros and cons list together and, like, Homer's struggling for another pro and he's like, uh, uh, I love you. And then she's like, now I'm bringing the fucking hammer down. And that's where, yeah, yeah again, the importance of music in The Simpsons where they bring in the real yep. somber score and, ah, oh, that moment lands so, yeah. so I am perfectly. Heat, I am drought and famine resistant. God damn, what I an amazing I feel like line. I always miss that line because <laughs> it's so I've heard it like, wait a second. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, mentioned it before. Yeah, Lisa really selling concern for her dad, but like sticking up for him when the moment calls for it. And like, yeah, Lisa's character is really important to this because I think her character is the only one in the episode that makes the point just because he's gained weight doesn't mean he's a bad person. The weight gain, it, it, it's kind of, this is very like walking the line of jerk-ass Homer because he's doing mm. this for a jerk-ass reason. Like, yeah. which is why the episode is so, is written so well. It's an encapsulation mm. of how Americans view the safety net of like, oh, I can abuse this if I just gain the weight. It's like, it's a terrible thing to do. Like, and I'm glad like the writers like really show that like, it's not the obese person's fault. It's the person who's like, this is a good idea. Like, yeah, a terrible thing to do. It's abusing us, uh, especially in the 90s when they were stripping away the safety net system in the United States. And it's like because of people like Homer who would abuse it. Like that's another like point in its favor of how well written it is reflecting its time. Mm. Yeah, for real. Like at the beginning, before he latches on to the whole weight loss angle, uh, the weight gain rang- angle, rather. The God. injuries. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all the various injuries he'd get. That was just uh, some amazing fucking joke telling. Just right him there. sliding on the oil into Mr. Burns' office. God, I guess you ever push May I help you? <laughs> I love the thing that, like, he's like, maybe I'm glad that didn't hit me. Like, yeah. that poor guy was probably crippled after that. <laughs> I love as well in that moment. I don't. Uh, I probably I don't think he was at the plant, else. so that wouldn't have counted as like a work injury. He's on a construction like, site, but yeah, yeah. Like, I do so, like the sign that says "careless workers above." Above, yeah, yeah constantly dropping tools and like so fucking funny i think what is so great too about the episode is like homer does the heroic thing and burns is going to give him whatever he wants and it's like help me lose mm. the weight and burns just quits he's like screw it i'll just do the left section one one of my favorite frames of animation i would love to get like the the cell is homer in his like undies trying to yeah. do a sit up with Mr. <laughs> if I could own that that'd be great because oh it's so funny but yeah I do remember as a kid thinking how are they is Homer just going to be big from now on how are they possibly oh, going to yeah, go back the writers were very like oh yeah we need to have a solution <laughs> yeah. to this but it's it's the perfect fuck you reset yes <laughs> exactly it's just, yes. <laughs> you get the moral moment you get you know Mr. Burns doing the obvious thing of like okay we're going to work and then being like oh no it's too hard <laughs> like a liposuction's like a, a nickel for Mr. Burns so like yeah, yeah. exactly uh, but ultimately, did it feel like an episode of The Simpsons? I mean, it absolutely did. Yeah. I, I think this, this episode... So quotable. Yeah, this episode's quotable. Each character is re- very, like, represented at their core. Lisa is this caring child. Marge is this supportive wife who struggles with Homer. Homer is this golden retriever. Almost jackass. Like, this is definitely on the tipping point of jerk-ass Homer, for sure, but still keeps it in and then Bart is like just a lo- like a little like Homer Jr. in this episode mm. where he's just along for the ride. So like this is like the characters we know and love to a T. Yeah, absolutely. And 
that's the thing that surprised me about this is the subtext of the whole mm. situation, which was just so sorely missed from the other episodes. And like, this is why, yeah, I'm sad that this is like our second last index where we actually get to review classic yeah. ones because, yeah, the comparison and the reminder of like, this is when the show's like at its full strength and at its full power mm. and what it's capable of, of doing a potentially offensive storyline like this where Homer... Oh, this is one they could have flopped. Like they could have easily screwed... Like, yeah, yeah. you take Lisa's character out of this, if you present the episode as is, but don't have Lisa balancing out, like, it mm. just becomes fat people are bad. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's something really great this episode does is, you know, has this sim- Lisa has a simple counter-argument of, like, he's still a person, and even to, like, people who are on the internet now being like, uh, you know, I hate the whole uh, body positivity movement, it's bullshit, fuck you, you're just fat, and be like, they're still a person, even if you hold that opinion, you're still talking about a human being who is going to feel bad if you give them shit. Yeah. So. And that, yeah, she had to be the one to sort of even go to Marge. Like, you've got to talk to him. And that Marge had hesitations about that because she knew how poorly it could go. Like, there's just so much more going on. Like, yeah. Well, uh, that's, that's that's a, there's a great meta joke where she's like, normally your father's plans fizzle out and, uh, as soon as he finds something good on TV. But this <laughs> season. This season. Take that, 1995 television. Yes or no, would you watch this one again? Yes. Yes, I've watched this too many times. Like, <laughs> It's not even just for preparing for this. It's just a great one to put on because, like I said, it feels like they're busting out a joke every half minute. Like, It truly is. It's funny. It's quotable. It's great animation. Even with my issues with how they animate larger people, it's still very funny. Just that sequence of him walking through the big and large store. Oh, it's so great. <laughs> Oh, yeah, referencing the world's heaviest twins as well, yeah. who have a later appearance in a courtroom scene, I yes. believe. And, oh, yeah, and there's his fantasy of reaching 300 pounds and that pig going, you can do it, old boy. Oh. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, that's, that's the spirit. So <laughs> good. Uh, but what would you like to change, BT? Oh, man. Um, I don't think I've got anything that I really want to change on this one. Because it's, it's well-balanced and it's funny and it's yeah just so perfectly... Like I love that the fact the workout at the beginning comes around at the end for the countdown and stuff like that. It's just damn, it's good. Yep. How about you, Ryan? Like I think the only thing I would change is just animation related, where and maybe the weight to where make it. And this is just a reflection of the fact that our current era yeah. that we're in. So like instead of three hundred, it's like three fifty maybe, and just animate just to like I don't know, like I don't know, like it, this is mm. all nitpicky. I wouldn't change the script. Like I think the script as a whole perfect no nothing to change i think like right now trying to tackle it i i would just make the script worse maybe in 15 years after i've got some experience under my belt but this <laughs> cool. is there's a reason like when you go on to the wikipedia like uh empire named this the best episode of the series like you know empire magazine wow. now settle down <laughs> consider it considers this one of i'm sure if you go on to like you do some google searches there's a you know probably half million simpson rankers mm. At now, and I'm sure this is in the top 20 of most lists, like, this is one of those episodes where, like, it's near enough to perfection to where I don't know, like, maybe John Swartzwalder could mm. add something to it, could but punch I punch something up. But, uh, yeah, yeah, like, it's tough. It's really tough to where they've done such a good job to where I'm not going to try to fix it. I think it's perfectly mm. fine. No, that's it. And um, I totally agree with you there. Change the number to, yeah, 350 or maybe 400 pounds and it'd make a bit more sense. But like, as it is, it's a bit of a whatever point. It's like the episode Mm. still functions perfectly without that. It's just one of these things where you go, hang on, that's 
yeah, not quite there. But yeah, everything else I'd be... I'd only hurt it if I tried to interfere anymore. Yeah. Uh, I guess Bart gets a little bit dropped off, but also, like, it's... It's not a Homer a story, issue. so it's okay. Yeah. Like, but, yeah, we are here. It's time for final notes. Uh, Ryan, any other bits from this episode you want to mention before we rank it? Oh, Honk If You're Horny, not a movie. I'm a little disappointed. Because <laughs> I Googled that. I'm like, if Honk If... I would watch this just for the episode. No, it's Even though it's got Paulie Shore in it? <laughs> ah, I, want, I was ready I was ready to be like, honey... All I want to do this. is watch Honk If You're Horny in peace. <laughs> <laughs> any of us want, really. Yeah. Um, I think this is right up there with any other, like, comedy ranking episode of The Simpsons. I think this is hangs with the monorails of the world like i know Mm. monorail is the episode that a lot of people point to as the best episode of the simpsons while i find that to be a very funny good episode i think joke wise this episode is hanging right with them like if Mm. it's a boxing ring it's the two of them are going at it a full 12 rounds like it's a drawn out (laughs) slugfest how about you bt any other notes i got loads uh let's see the opening uh bit where they're doing the workout and Carl's all like, oh, every muscle in my body feels alive. And Lenny's like, yeah, especially my big fat mouth. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah especially your big fat... Oh. <laughs> uh, the bit where Homer explains his plan to Bart and then Lisa kind of turns around in the beanbag as though it's a swivel chair. <laughs> yeah. and he just doesn't know she's there, she screams. Yeah, like, That's really funny. Such a quick joke. So good. One of, the, one of the foods he's buying is... I can't remember what the name was, but the instruction was just squeeze and swallow. <laughs> <laughs> just, that's so gross but funny uh, lucky for you this stuff doesn't work <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, a nice little heart moment of Maggie making the Play-Doh donut that was cute uh, and that was so cute capped, and then capped with the joke of like dad it says not toxic well that's a plus <laughs> already eating it so good <laughs> yep uh, one of your chair moisteners from Sector 7G Oh yeah, just his discussion of, you know, the Arnie Pie in the sky is like, a bunch of infected monkeys have grown onto the freeway, but what, no matter the sweltering heat, do not raise your windows because they are confused and irritable. And then Homer's like, oh, the freeway, gas, gas, honk, 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 gas, 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 punch. <laughs> I don't know why I remember this verbatim. Gas, break, honk, gas, break, honk, 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 punch, gas, gas, gas. And yet you can't get pivot, 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 pause, pivot, pause, pivot, step, step. <laughs> that... That's dancing. This one, it's like, yeah. yep, I've been in that traffic before. <laughs> uh, the great line of like, ah, 8.58, first time I've ever been on time for work. Except for <laughs> stupid daylight savings. And again, it just makes you picture Homer showing up to an hour early, being like, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> stupid uh, farmers. Oh, man, look, the amount of times, because, you know, with you, Ryan, and with a bunch of our international guests, we really have to fucking coordinate time zones and have to triple check all this shit to make sure mm. everyone's going to arrive on the same time. But... Man, it feels like an inordinate amount of times we've like realized at the last second, oh fuck, someone's had a daylight savings. Yeah. And of course it's, it's not a worldwide thing where everyone goes on daylight savings at once. So like mm-hmm. often having to coordinate it and like other countries' daylight savings and like that's something I have to factor in with organizing pocket. Anyway, this is my long yeah, random uh, saying m- lousy if, farmers. <laughs> yeah. If you're ever angry about daylight savings, look at an Australian map of daylight savings times because Queensland yeah. does like an hour and a half or something and uh, it's just bizarre. No, half of... Que- no, I don't even think all of Queensland do it. But yeah, it's this thing where Australia, the whole country has like three different time zones normally and then during mm-hmm. daylight savings, it's like seven. It's so annoying. It is and then stupid. I don't know if you guys have ever had like a Chinese guest, but their time zones are whack because the whole country's on the same time zone, even though it's oh, a really? massive... Despite the yeah. size of it. Yeah, yeah it's weird because it's like, that, that has to be hell. If you're like on the... 
the far western side of China, and like the sun's not out, but like it's technically nine o'clock. It's like, yeah, fuck me. Like I, I could not imagine that. Like that just yeah, China's weird. not small. <laughs> like, you know, no, no, not at all. It, you heard I, it here first. China is not small. Um, the classic bit of Homer sitting down at the computer and being like, "To start, press any key." Where's the, Where's any, the key? any key? I see esk, catarl, and pick up. That is a great like my wife loves that joke because she's a oh yeah does a lot of her work on a computer and like mm-hmm. she codes so she knows her keyboards back and forth like it's, so she <laughs> loves that any key joke and then it was, oh it's well apparently the like writers it. based this off a real thing because a couple of them used to no, work really. in tech support and of course you know you can give them a little bit of leeway it was the nineties and but mm-hmm. yeah people there. would apparently call up tech support looking for the any key and it's just oh, like man. Oh. like I'm shocked the any key wasn't something that was added at some point. Because yeah, just yeah, to, just to have it. <laughs> uh, one of my brother's first jobs was tech support, but it was in the area era of dial-up, and a bunch of people would have to like hang up the phone, try the advice, and call back. Oh, and no. he got a he got a bunch of weird ones, like oh, you know, the computer's not turning on. Okay, is it plugged in? And then the phone just goes dead. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> yep. <laughs> and uh, one guy apparently very specifically was like, oh yeah, my fax machine isn't working. He's like, oh, okay, well we just do computers. Yeah, but you can tell me. Yeah, but I, I don't know. And it's like, no, no, it's okay. You can tell me. It's like, I, d- I don't know how I to fix your facts. It's not what I do. That's, that's oh, good shit. Yeah. Uh, and my last bit, which just killed me because I completely forgot it existed. It was, uh, the hand you have used to dial with is too fat. <laughs> to order a special dialing one, mash the keypad with your hand palm now. Oh, it's like, so okay. funny. Special <laughs> dialing <laughs> wand. <laughs> yeah uh, I completely forgot it existed it just killed me and yeah the one guest star of this episode Joan Kenley as the telephone operator there um, yeah who the hell is that I don't know and I didn't look it up anymore so anyway <laughs> maybe she's the original telephone operator voice or something that's a very good operator voice she has mm-hmm. yeah. and yeah my final notes a joke I didn't get until much later because we did not have to study American history as kids it's like mm-hmm. I want to see more Teddy Roosevelt's and less Franklin Roosevelt's brilliant <laughs> joke Brilliant. Um, we get a little bit of history on Charlie here. I think this is the most character development he's ever had. <laughs> he wasn't even mm-hmm. in the episode where he got injured at work. Oh, that's right. Where's Charlie? Um, all right. It is time to rank this thing. Ryan, why don't you kick it off? What would you like to rank King Size Homer? Um, so I think this will be the first time on this podcast where I get to go with Cubic Zirconia, which is hey. great so because I've been mm-hmm. I've been like itching to give this out. I think. I think the humor is there. I think they did such a good job with the topic at hand in 1994. Whenever this episode would have been written, they handled yeah. this topic so much better than most television shows have handled it since then. Like mm. with a bit of grace that is so necessary. They understand the characters. You fully understand why Homer would do this because this is well within like line of his character. Everything clicks. The humor's there. It's so good. There's a reason, a little tidbit, Bill Oakley said this is one of the greatest episodes from the classic era. So when Disney Plus came out, I think they were interviewing Bill Oakley. Like, so what are some episodes people should try? And King Size Homer mm-hmm. was one of them. So for me, this is well worth the cubic zirconia. All right, BT. Uh, yeah, I'm on that cubic level too. It's The fact that I'm still laughing all these years later is amazing. The fact that there's jokes I forgot about and then got even more laughs from it's just such a well-constructed plot and it has that balance that we were talking about the other episodes not having where, yeah, there's a risk to Homer's health, but he's still, you know, there's people saying you need to treat him like a human being. 
Yeah, it's a great episode. I'd have no further comment. <laughs> Elliot, what about you? Yeah, of course. This is a cubic. Um, it's like it is taking a premise that I'm surprised they didn't do earlier of, yeah, Homer mm. gaining even more weight. He's always been, you know, uh, on the butt of a lot of fat jokes and it, everything. It's, but it's an like, interesting inverse of like the last time, like in the within the Simpsons world, the last episode would have been Homer trying to lose the weight, right? Like um, yeah. mm. with the painting of Mr. Burns. So it's an interesting, they they saw that episode and were like, let's do the inverse of it. Homer's going to gain the weight. Yeah. And it's really a weird, an interesting reflection point. Like that I, they all should be proud of. The whole writing team should mm-hmm. like take their award and like be proud of what they did. Oh, absolutely. It's just, it could have gone so much worse and that it had so much nuance and so much subtlety and subtext running throughout it. It's just, it's a really impressive feat. And yeah, like at the peak of Simpsons powers, like, and of course this episode, yeah, getting a unanimous cubic zirconia. Fuck it. Haven't said this for a long time. I was going to say this gets the Simpsons index award for outstanding achievement in the field of excellence. I can't believe I even remembered it, but. I know. I, was, I wrote it down just in case you'd forgotten because it's been that long. It's been a minute. Um, <laughs> Elliot, what other season seven episodes have this rank? If Most of them. Uh, yeah. yeah, honestly, most of them. This will be the 15th unanimous cubic zirconia. I believe Ooh. that means season seven has now more unanimous cubics than any other season for us. Yep, Ooh. that is Once true. you update it, I'm assuming it's going to take that top spot now. Uh, it already has, yeah. Season 7 is so firmly in place. With the caveat that it would be Season 6 had it have not been for Season 6's clip show, which yeah, tanked right, its yeah. average down to the third place. But Elliot, I think this could be a fun, like, as you reach the end of, you know, The Simpsons, uh, mm-hmm. like, revisiting these seasons and having a discussion between people, like, is it Season 6 or is it Season 7? Like, what's the true greatest? Like, I think that could be really fun. Yeah, I think I think personally for me it's six, but you know, for our point and our scores, you know, we have to take mm. everything into account, and yeah. that includes clip shows. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so this will be the fifteenth episode from season seven oh, to get wow. the unanimous rank. It will be joining <gasps> Who Shot Mr. Burns Part Two, Radioactive Man, Bart Sells His Soul, Lisa the Vegetarian, Treehouse of Horror Six, Mother Simpson, Marge B. Not Proud, Seeds from the Class Struggle in Springfield. <gasps> Bart the Fink, Home of the Smithers, The Day the Violence Died, 22 short films about Springfield, <sighs> Raging Abe Simpson and his grumbling grandson in The Curse of the High- Flying Hellfish, lots of long titles in this season, <laughs> and Summer of Four Foot Two. Mm. Awesome. Yeah. Beautiful stuff. That's Fucking amazing. amazing season. That is such a run. I only watched the Hellfish I, one. To be a fly on the wall in that writer's room would be incredible. <laughs> oh, for real. And look, so that's the other thing. Like, the, the rest of the episodes from season seven, like... They're all fucking great. I think at its lowest, uh, silver ranking got dealt out for the 138th episode, Spectacular. Also a mm. clip show, but a much better and much more yeah. thoughtful, oh, considered oh, clip show. See, if I would have been on that one, I probably would have been pretty high on it, because I think that episode is super amazing, because they're referencing so much television history, and they're mm. so much good to it, where I understand why you can't give it a cubic zirconium, because QZ, I respect the rank as... This needs to be something that anybody could watch and understand The Simpsons. Mm. Whereas yeah, exactly. that show, that episode, you'd have to be like a television historian to really. You'd, yeah, like, you'd appreciate. have to already know the show inside yeah. and out. But it's, it is a very nice little treat yes. for fans. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, it's everything's like some sort of gold. Like, yeah, that uh, with Sideshow Bob's Last Gleaming is tied for the lowest ranked episodes at a dull gold. Yeah. This is the mm. quality of season we're talking here. <laughs> yeah. For sure. 
All right. Well, look, yeah, that about does it for the index this week. And yeah, thank you, Ryan, for being on what will be the second last of the three episode format of the index. That is such a trip because I remember when I started listening to you guys and (laughs) when I started, it was the, you know, the very beginning where you guys were doing the classic first. And then, you know, Mm, by the end of the episode, you're rumbling and grumbling because it's like, How can we get excited about this new stuff? It's been great uh, being on this journey with you guys listening and then coming on because I just love The Simpsons and I love talking to you guys about it and listening to you guys talk about it. So I'm glad you've been able to stick it out because a lot of podcasts would attempt this and I don't think would succeed. Like they would quit it because it's a daunting mm-hmm. order. It's a 750 episodes of television right now that's currently <laughs> renewed for two more seasons i believe so which they're gonna try and get up to 800 in that time as well they but... could, wow <sighs> 25 episodes a piece that's okay yeah i mean <laughs> more power to them that does make me think oh if they're shooting for 800 i think that's maybe the nice round number they've been looking for i'm because mm. i i feel like at some point like this is off topic people apologies Disney has to be looking at the budget and going, are we getting our return on this? Mm. Like, cause mm. the voice cast can't be cheap anymore. Like, nah. and I am terrified for the news that a main character dies and then yeah. what they're going That's to be do. Very sad. Um, I don't, I really do not want the prospect of season 36. <sighs> I, I'm not going to say the name cause they don't want to bring it into the world, but somebody dies and then they have to finish the season with a fill in character voice. Like oh, I just, yeah. or an AI voice. I yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Well, I mean, let's yeah, face it, all... that's a hardcore reality right now. <sighs> yeah, they, yeah. There's enough of each character that they could fucking build an AI around. Like it exists. Uh, like it's I don't know if you've seen, but on TikTok, uh, like one of the trends is to fucking have AI voices sing pop songs and shit. And you like, know what's like the yeah. most popular though is Cartman, and that's just because Cartman has yeah. an effeminate voice. Because like I've <laughs> noticed a lot of it, it's Cartman doing covers of like that would be a lead singer that's a woman that's just because cartman's always had a high-pitched girly voice so mm. i yeah I, I gotta admit i listened to his version of chandelier and i'm like actually that kind of slaps <laughs> <laughs> that's a hot yeah. but no that's a for me that's a nightmare that is the worst case scenario for the simpsons where yeah. they have to finish off a season using an ai voice for yeah. a simpsons character like, it'll literally be zombie simpsons they'll yeah. be dragging Worst out a past character yeah but yeah of course yeah in the future yeah i'd love to have you back i'm glad oh, that for we sure. got we got you a nice unanimous cubic it's on here. so great to do this um i don't have anything to plug really i'm in between projects so i'm just gonna say since we're on the topic of weight loss it is not easy guys so if you're listening and you've ever struggled with it don't feel bad it's not something that can be done overnight the weight loss is a journey it's a life it's a lifelong journey to get to like that happy place where you're comfortable with your weight and you're in a healthy spot so don't ever feel bad just know that there are people that care about you that understand how difficult it is just be patient with yourself and understand you're going to have bad days that like you're going to want to eat that that McDonald's burger with a 10 piece and a large fry and a dessert and it's okay just take the bad days move past it and then try to be better mm-hmm. that's all you can do don't be too hard on yourself because that's my biggest problem is I'm too hard on myself when it comes to this weight loss journey and like mm. you just keep resetting because you're so negative about it it's like you can't yeah. do that take the bad and just keep going eventually you'll get there like I know you can do it whoever's listening you got this 
Yeah, it's a really good message to leave the uh, episode on. And yeah, like I said a few times, you know, the world and your body are against you in this journey. So yeah, mm-hmm. taking the good days as they come and seeing those as the victories is yeah so important. But yeah, once again, thank you very much for coming on and sharing this with us, Ryan and uh, BT. What if the people want to hear more of us? Uh, they can go right now to patreon.com slash sidequest studios where for as little as a cup of coffee a month not even a day like a month they can subscribe and get access to over 120 exclusive podcasts this includes Ooh. shows like the ones uh, except when he's not where we catch me up on the episodes i've missed out on so if you want to know what my opinions on hot and hot takes on some of these ones were you can find out and our latest show starring Springfield, where we review uh, movies that star the cast of the Springfield. Star cast of the Springfield. Springfield. <laughs> yep, there we go. Cast of the Simpsons, but never have we seen them before, usually with their faces. Yeah. And if you're a patron, you can recommend what we see. You can make us watch Adam Sandler films. <laughs> Julie Kavner plays Adam Sandler's mom in a. In it's a still wild that we've seen movies with Julie Kavner in them. It's, it's a few, something. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what do you reckon, Ryan? Uh, do you have any favorite starring Springfield movies off the top of your head? Movies that star the cast of The Simpsons? I think the like for so bad it's good. It's the 1990 Godzilla. I think there's yep, a couple. That, that was the first, first one out of Everett. That was the first one we did for that exact reason. And then Mystery Men is another good one. Um, mm-hmm. Coming up. Yeah. yeah. Have you guys done, it's a film called, uh, it's got Ray Romano in it. I'm blanking on the name, so I'm going to try to find, like, it's got. A Ray Romano film. Yeah. Um, also starred in The Simpsons once. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he was in the movie. It's like called Eulogy or something. I am blanking on the Simpsons cast member that's in it. I just know the movie well because my wife really likes it. I've watched it a couple times. It's a good, like, silly film. It's uh, called Eulogy. Eulogy. So it is called Eulogy. Oh, okay. Hank Azaria. Hank Azaria is in it. Yeah. I think you guys yes. would have a good time with that one um, if you haven't done it yet. So Hank Azaria, plus Hank Azaria is always good and anything, anything mm. he's ever done. Like, the man is yeah. a great actor. Yeah, but I mean, like BT said, one of our Patreon perks is there. If you sign up, you can uh, recommend movies for us to review. And uh, yeah, we've been having a lot of fun with that. And yeah, just wanted to quickly shout out our patrons, sending out a big thank you to Grant Prusy, 16 Ounce Mouse, Philip Wolf, Timothy Burleson, Stephanie, Chris Tarr, Almighty K, Teresa, Nick Ibis, Caleb982, Anthony M, Freezer, David James Young, Paul Salt, and Paul Goodman. Nice. Thank you, everybody. So yes, join the ranks of the heroes over at patreon.com slash sidequeststudios. But for now, that's all we've got here. Ryan, once again, thank you so much. Good, sir. Uh, Not a problem, fellas. And BT, thank you. Push out the jive. Bring in the love. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Elliot J. O'Neill. That's all the mustard in the house. Thank you for listening to the Simpsons Index podcast, which is also an online spreadsheet available at thesimpsonsindex.com. You can also check out our other shows, like Pulp Fury Radio, our scripted fiction podcast, which tells all original stories across a range of pulp genres, and Thrones of Game, where we review Game of Thrones in reverse order. Links to those podcasts and more will be available in the show notes. Now, there's no bonus scenes for this episode, so we'll catch you next week.